This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. What'd you say? He's asking friends. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. We're just hours away from history in Manhattan. Trump set to become the first former president ever arraigned on criminal charges. Trump is set to arrive at Manhattan Criminal Court for processing just before noon. And at 2.15, he will be arraigned. The NYPD has been preparing for this for weeks. We know about 35,000 officers will be in full uniform, ready to be deployed across the city. And it's really a two-pronged security challenge. Police have to both protect the former president while also making sure any potential protests stay under control. While there may be some rabble-rousers thinking about coming to our city tomorrow, our message is clear and simple. Control yourselves. New York City is our home, not a playground for your misplaced anger. We are investigating any threats that may be made to the DA or any of his uh, his staff. Bragg's idiotic, small-minded prosecution. This will likely all backfire. In fact, it already is backfiring. Donald Trump raised a whopping $7.5 million apparently. Uh, we got an update tonight since news of the indictment broke with over a million coming from first-time donors. Bragg's insidious attempt to get Donald Trump might well catapult him right back to the White House. Most people get indicted and if they have to be running for an office or something, that's sort of the end of their run and most likely their political career. Donald Trump gets indicted and his numbers go through the roof. He's raising more money than he had before. Maybe they thought this was going to kneecap Donald Trump, but we are quite to the contrary. When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me. Speaking words of wisdom, let it be. And in my hour of darkness, she is standing right in front of me. Speaking words of wisdom, let it be. Let it be, let it be, let it be, let it be. Whisper words of wisdom, let it be. When the broken-hearted people living in the world agree, there will be an answer, let it be. For though they may be parted, there is still a chance that they will see. There will be an answer, let it be. A lot of voices in that open right there. Everybody from my dear friend Joseph Tacopina to Sean Hannity to a host of others as we get you going. New York's favorite talk show. That's me sitting friends in the morning on a Tuesday morning historic day here in New York City. Let it be by the Beatles. We're going to get a bunch of Beatles on this show today as I'm making my way this afternoon about the same time. About the same time President Trump will be arraigned. I'll be arriving at Kennedy Airport to get out of here. Heading out to the U.K. 
flying to Heathrow, to London, and then uh, with me, Danielle, my beautiful wife, and Gabriel. And then we have to take a train, a high-speed train, from London to Wales. And that's about a two-hour trip. And then at some point later on tonight, and Trump will be back in Palm Beach by the time I get to Wales. But sometime later on tonight, when Trump is home, I'll be having dinner with my sweet little beautiful daughter, Ava, who turns 19 on Friday. And I can't wait. I haven't seen her in a long time. And, you know, I know there's going to be all kinds of action the next couple of days here. But we covered this for you so well. I mean, even today, just just a bevy of big-name guests. I mean, just an unbelievable guest list today. We've got Arthur Idala. We've got... We've got um, Alan Dershowitz, Bill O'Reilly, Bo Deedle, Monica Crowley, Brian Kilmeade. You're not going to get better coverage. And I'm sure over the next three days, you'll be fine. I know my uh, my man, John Katsimatidis, he should be here, if not one or three of those days. He does a great job. And um, I'm gone. And I have not taken time off, you know. Bernie was sick. I worked every day. Bernie, God rest his soul, died. I worked every day. Even before that, I very rarely take any time off. Very rarely. Even during the summer. You know, guys that have reached my level in this business, they take off five weeks during the summer. You know that, Lewis. Five weeks. I'm not going to get five days. Like, they get mad at me here, to be honest with you, if, if I take time off. But I just got to the point now I just don't care. I miss my daughter. I got to go. So... Trump will be arraigned. I'll be here, and then I'll be back on Monday. No biggie, right? I know you're going to miss me. You're, I'm going to miss you. All you guys are terrible. miserable already. Be fine. Going to be great. What are you worried about? We'll get your breakfast on uh, Wednesday and Thursday, okay, Lewis? <laughs> uh, okay, that'll do it. Well, if you uh, think you're going to be miserable, how do you think Donald Trump feels today? Poor bastards getting arraigned at two fifteen this afternoon for, for for what? Nobody knows. Somebody was telling me last night, forget who it was, that their fear was that the uh, the old Jewish guy from Trump's company, Wieselberg, Wieselberg, that maybe he flipped. Maybe they got something from him. Because he's been on Rikers Island now for a while, and maybe that's what's in this, uh, what do you call it, indictment that we don't know about. Because... Supposedly, there's a couple of felonies in there, and we can't seem to figure out, based upon what we know, how that could be the case. So a few people think maybe that guy flipped. I don't know. We're going to find out today. All the conjecture, all the predictions, we're going to find out today. And now there seems to be a little trouble in attorney land. You know, O.J. Simpson had the dream team, and he got off. And people will always remember that team for doing an amazing job, a man that 1,000%, 1,000% committed double homicide, was acquitted on criminal charges. Of course, we know he lost a civil case, but he was acquitted on criminal charges, and everybody is quick to give the Dream Team a ton of credit. Big names. Johnny Cochran, Robert Shapiro, F. Lee Bailey. Robert Kardashian, he set the whole thing up before he died. Barry Sheck. There's a bunch of names I'm missing, I know that. But the truth is, when you combine the two prosecutors who are completely inept, 
and spent most of the time banging each other. That's a true story. Marsha Clark and Chris Darden spent most of the time banging each other rather than, you know, putting together a case. And here came this dream team, but the dream team, it wasn't a dream inside their conferences, their meetings, because you found out years later that there was a lot of infighting, a lot of infighting, Shapiro and Cochran and all of them. And now it turns out that Donald Trump added another attorney yesterday, a guy by the name of Todd Blanche, white-collar criminal defense attorney. Trump was impressed with the way Todd Blanche represented Paul Manafort years ago against Cy Vance, and he grabbed him. There are rumors out there that my best buddy, Joseph Takapina, a bit rough around the edges, some of the TV channels even criticizing Takapina and, and saying, quite frankly, he's not all that bright, which is ridiculous, insulting, and horrible. But you don't know with Trump. You just don't know. You know, Takapina, for example, said on Sunday, and he was right, hey, I'm okay with the judge, even though for days President Trump has been railing about this biased judge. Now, Takapina's got to deal with this guy. He has other cases. He deals with this judge, and he may need this judge in this case. So Tack did the right thing, but Trump doesn't care. You know, there are reports by CNN that years ago, Takapina said, hey, Trump was guilty here. The whole Stormy Daniels thing, he was guilty. That was years ago. So now when you combine all these things, right about the time Trump is set to be arraigned, do you put it past Donald Trump to have a hard-on towards one of his guys? I don't. All of a sudden, Todd Bland shows up. It was basically Susan Necklace and Takapina. And I don't know because Takapina was having dinner with Arthur Idala last night. And we'll talk to Artie coming up at 7.05. I have not spoken to Takapina, so I have no idea, I mean no idea, whether or not he's unhappy, happy. I don't know. Alan Dershowitz, too. That's right. Frank Morano Dershowitz is a part of that O.J. Simpson team. But um, there is some rumors that there's a little bit of infighting going on, and it wouldn't surprise me. That's a lot of ego, a lot of big-time people inside the same room representing a guy who's got the biggest ego of all. And usually they do, right? O.J. Simpson was a psycho, huge ego. Donald Trump, not a murderer, but psycho, huge ego. (laughs) So usually the person on trial is is as crazy as the attorneys in the case, but we'll see. We'll talk to Arthur Idala, I think, coming up at 7.05. If, in fact, there is uh, these rumors are true and there's infighting the day of the arraignment. But uh, he'll be arraigned at 2.15 this afternoon. It could be done as early as 2.30 this afternoon. It's going to be very, very quick, very quick. All this days and days and weeks and weeks and Trump arrives last night and hours and hours of coverage and hours of coverage this morning. WABC is going to be there. Fox News is going to be there. Truth is, at least up to this point, and it may change this morning, there has not been a lot of Trump support on the streets of New York City. I think, uh, Noam, you could attest to that. There was worry, of course, that Trump supporters... And again, we're in New York City. We know that Trump gets his ass kicked here. This is a blue city, a bunch of horrible people in a blue state. 
So it's not like he's down in Florida. I mean, the, the guy, if you watched uh, Eric Trump's Instagram yesterday, the trip from Mar-a-Lago to the airport, every step of the way there were people on the side of the road, like the OJ trial, yelling and screaming for Trump. This is New York. Ain't going to be that way. But still relatively small in terms of Trump's support. Again, that can change this morning. You've got Marjorie Taylor Greene's rally coming up at Collect Pond Park in Tribeca at noon. There'll be other rallies. But are uh, you surprised, Noam, that it's been kind of quiet? No, I think it'll be amped up a little bit more today. And I think the people who are true supporters of the former president will show up at that Marjorie Taylor Greene event at noon. Is that uh, where you're going? I'll be covering both, actually. I'll be a little bit at the rally and yeah. then down at the courthouse. But for you, it, it's a news job because, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you hate Trump. No. I guess I just did. <laughs> you hate Trump. No, you, you think you know that, but you don't know you don't know my politics at all. I know. Of course I do. I've been working with you for seven years. You are to the left of Bernie Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are you kidding? I don't know your politics. Uh, but uh, but you're a newsman and you're a pro when you're great at what you do. Great at what you do. So you're not going to know today that even though you're at a Trump rally, you hope he gets like 50 years in prison. <laughs> yeah, okay. He's not going to get 50 years in prison. It, this whole thing, we're not going to know all the charges. They're going to bring the former president into the courtroom. They're not going to even unseal the indictment in front of him because it's going to take too long. So it'll he'll meet before the judge for a couple minutes. He'll be back on into his uh, entourage, back to LaGuardia Airport, flying back. And that's when they'll release the entire indictment. They'll yeah. be a press conference from Bragg. So... At 3.30, we'll kind of know everything, right. maybe a little bit before that. What time is Alvin Bragg's press conference? 3.30. 3.30? Yeah. Fat loser bastard. <laughs> I was hoping I would bump into Trump at the airport today because we're both going to be at the airport at the same time. But he's going to be at LaGuardia, right. and I'm going to be at Kennedy. So, Yeah, his plane will be all juiced up and ready to go. We don't know if there's going to be a gag order. So I don't well, know. Takapina said no. No. Okay. So at eight forty-five, when he has his press conference at <laughs> yeah. Mar-a-Lago, it'll be different than the Alvin Bragg press conference. At see, I can't be there today at these rallies because I'm leaving uh, town. But I did consider jumping out of my airplane without a parachute, <laughs> with a sign on my naked back that reads "Free Trump." What do you think? Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I got to tell you, the guy that's really disappointed me is Eric Adams. I, you know. I'm friendly with the mayor. I really am. We have great conversations, great dinners. He's very, very nice to me, my son. And anytime somebody's nice to Gabriel, they hit me right in the heart. They just do. And he's not phony about it. He, he's sincere. He's dyslexic. My son's dyspraxic. And they've got a nice little relationship. But, man, I'm getting, I'm getting to the point. I don't know what to do with this guy anymore. I really don't. I mean, what kind of memories do these people have or not have? The mayor, Eric Adams, and the police commissioner, Keyshawn Shule, do they not remember? We're not even three years removed, not even three years removed from the summer of 2020 when people took to the streets. I was living on the Upper West Side. I remember countless nights where innocent people like me and my family having dinner, sitting outside, got punched in the face. Things were set on fire. Cops were spit on, glass broken, looting in the streets. And I didn't hear anybody, and of course it wasn't Adams at the time, it was de Blasio, but I didn't hear anybody yelling and screaming about curtailing the violence in the streets. Is that how short their memories are? That all of a sudden now Marjorie Taylor Greene 
is is worse than the summer of 2020? I mean, there's a way to say it. Don't get me wrong. I understand he doesn't want violence, Eric. I get it. Of course you don't. But the way he talks down to Trump supporters, of which I'm one, and Republicans, yesterday he pissed me off. And I got to tell you, and I said this to John Katsimatidis last week. I did. I don't care if you're Andrew Cuomo. I don't care if you're Mayor Eric Adams. I don't care if you like me, don't like me, come on the show, don't come on the show. One thing about me, folks, is I'm very, very sincere. I really am. I'm not one-sided. I'm not narrow-minded. And that's why the show gets a 7-5. Yes, it took 17 minutes to mention ratings. Tough. The second week of March came out yesterday, got a 7-5. And the reason is because there is something for everybody on this show. It's not just for Trump supporters. It was for a long time. We couldn't get a 3. And I'm happy to open the doors and broaden our horizons and talk to other folks. But don't don't confuse the issue. I am a Republican. I'm not a psycho conservative. I'm not uh, Steve Bannon or these crazy people. I'm pro-choice. I'm liberal when it comes to gay marriage, all of it. I'm good to go. Good to go. I'm really closer to the center, like a libertarian, than I am anything. But I'm certainly Republican when it comes to money, war, values. I don't want um, drag queens teaching my kids. I don't want my kids learning about sex in the third grade. I'm sick of uh, transgenders competing against natural gender. I mean, some of this stuff by the Democrats is insane. Don't tell me both parties are screwed up. I know they're both screwed up, but goddamn, the Democrats are ten times worse. And every now and then I forget that Eric and these other people are Democrats because they'll make a salient point. And then he acts the way he did yesterday in preparing the city and warning the city. And me personally, I found it insulting and directed at people like me, and I don't like that. I don't like it. There's a way to talk to people. I don't think Eric Adams was saying the same thing to these psychos when Roe versus Wade was overturned, was he? And people were showing up at Brett Kavanaugh's house with guns. I don't remember Eric Adams telling the people of New York, hey, calm down out there, psychos. Take it easy. He actually used the two words yesterday, misplaced anger. You've got a former president in a courthouse today for no reason other than political bias. What do you mean misplaced anger? George Floyd was murdered. Those cops went to prison. Derek Chauvin is never getting out, ever. Ever. He paid the price. And you still burnt down our cities. You talk about misplaced anger? Yeah, by sound pissed I am. So I got a lot going on anyway, so a lot of things are pissing me off this morning. I was pissed off at 530. Don't laugh, Lou. You know why I'm pissed off. And you know I'm right. Why do you think I'm just sitting here quiet? But you know I'm right. I'm still sitting here quiet. Oh, don't be such a wuss. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not afraid. You look terrified. I'm not. Yeah. I feel uh, great. Are you going to any of these routes? You also hate Trump. What am I talking about? I don't hate Trump. Yes, you do. No, I don't. Yeah, you do. Okay, I hate Trump. You don't like him. You didn't vote for him. And you never would. 
Bibby hates a strong word. We don't like him. Uh, no, I was happy he won last time. He lost last time. I mean, the last one he won. Mm. I was happy. Yeah. Even though we beat? Stop terrifying me. Yeah. Stop. Mm-hmm. Does anybody on my show like Trump? Alec lives in Chappaqua. He's up uh, Bill Clinton's buttocks. You don't really like him. Noam hates him. Macedonia Phil doesn't even know who he is. <laughs> We're not exactly challenging Sean Hannity for Trump love on this show, are we? <laughs> Thank <laughs> God for guys, me. Are you kidding? They're, <laughs> on his, they're on his ankles right now. Oh, me? No, them. Oh, I know. They're, <laughs> they're the other extreme. They're the other extreme. Because, you know, there's just... There's no moderation in America today. Nope. This is me talking. Nope. I couldn't do just one line of cocaine. I had to do eight eight nope. balls. Nope. There's no moderation. Nope. No. Yeah. Well, I think you just said it. Yeah, I think I did. We're going to have an amazing show today. <laughs> I promise you that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be terrified, everybody. <laughs> oh, it's going to be fun. We're going to have all these great guests. We're going to discuss all the major topics. And then, again, about the same time Donald Trump is being arraigned, I'll be on the way to Kennedy Airport. And about the same time Donald Trump arrives in West Palm Beach later on tonight. I'll be somewhere in the skies of London, England, to see my beautiful daughter, Ava. So we'll do some Beatles today. London calling. This is my favorite Beatles song ever, Let It Be. Seven great guests about to come your way. Historic day for the country, and specifically right here in New York City. We'll come right back, right after this. In the morning, 77 WABC. Oh, darling, please believe me. I'll never do you no harm. You know, I went to the dentist on Friday and I had one tooth pulled at the very bottom on the right side. And I had one cap put in on the left side. So the, the tooth that they pulled has been killing me for days. I mean, killing me. And then last night, I took my melatonin, and I take gummies. And I start chewing on the melatonin, and it starts to get crunchy on the left side, like Walt Frazier would say, on the left side. And I came to the realization that, oh, my God, that's probably the cap that I'm chewing right now with my melatonin. So I get up this morning. And I brush my teepuses, and, uh, you know, I do the whole thing. I floss and brush my teeth and go with the Listerine and then the cold water at the end. And as soon as the cold water hit the right and left side of my mouth, I screamed like I was being, like Nicole Simpson probably, God rest her soul. I mean, it was so painful. So um, I only have like three hours after the show. And I'm not sure if I have the time, but i got to go back to this uh, this dentist because, you know, I got I think the um, tooth that he pulled is killing me. And now I think the cap may have come out. I don't know. What the hell is crunchy when I'm eating melatonin at night? So I'm in pain, and 
Well, just one of those days, Lou. What are you going to do? I don't know what. Just you one do. of those days. <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> so, so right now I'm in pain as I'm doing the show. I mean, I look great. Got my Joseph uh, Abood cashmere sweater on. Just did my story for the morning. Instagram at Rosenberg Sydney at Rosenberg Sydney. And again, a bevy of huge name guests. But um, but I'm in pain right now, and you don't seem to care. So, I'm calling somebody right now. Who are you calling? Uh, there's there are dentists within in my. <laughs> are you really? Right? Yeah. They. Oh, uh, you're the best. They drive around in these vans. You really are the best. Seven. Let's see. Do you want to hear the uh, the mayor Eric Adams? Crunchy. Yeah. Hang on a second. All right. Adams are warning people like me. These are Trump supporters. Control yourself. This was yesterday as the city braces for the Donald Trump arraignment. Don't forget, Brian Kilmeade will join me in about 10 minutes. He's always great. Here's Eric Adams on the potential protests. Lou Rapino, cut number 12. While there may be some rabble-rousers thinking about coming to our city tomorrow, our message is clear and simple. Control yourselves. New York City is our home, not a playground for your misplaced anger. We are the safest large city in America because we respect the rule of law in New York City. So then he goes on to call out Marjorie Taylor Greene specifically. Again, I believe that rally starts at noon. It's in Tribeca. I think it's at Collect Pond Park. And here is the mayor, Eric Adams, all over MTG, cut number Thirteen. And although we have no specific threats, people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is known to spread mis- misinformation and hate speech, uh, oh, really? she stated she's coming to town. While you're in town, be on your best behavior. She is known to spread hate speech. See, I wouldn't care if Adams said something like that, because we all know that MTG does have the reputation. Maybe it's fair, maybe it's not. I don't know. Maybe you like her, maybe you don't. I don't care. I'd be okay if Adams said the same thing about people on the left. Right? I mean, come out and and give me people on the left that cause all these issues. People like Maxine Waters, Nancy Pelosi, Adam Schiff, even the president, Joe Biden. Talk about them the same way, but he doesn't do it. So I guess what I'm saying is I'm losing patience. I really am. I'm losing patience. And nobody wants this city to be more safe than I do. Nobody. But I'm not going to single out, look at this, low-life racist Errol Lewis <laughs> smiling on TV. That's, that's a face oh. you want to punch. Oh, it's that's another guy I want to punch. This is a oh. tough morning. <laughs> we could freeze this guy, I, I mean, I, I don't use the word hate a lot. I hate this guy. He was uh, spending all last night telling folks, don't you underestimate Alvin Bragg against Donald Trump. Don't underestimate Alvin Bragg. And Alvin Bragg mm. supporter, this racist lowlife, Errol Lewis. Mm. How about Eric Adams call him out? How about that? Every day on New York 1 in New York City, this guy spews racist hate. He's doing it right now. Right now. Eric, call him out. So here is a former, hey, uh, Noam, what is, I know Terrence, Terrence Monaghan, but I'm not exactly sure what his title was. What is it? Uh, he was former head of detectives, I think was his Yeah, title. I thought he was chief of detectives. I think he's chief of detectives. That's yeah. right. 
So he talked about the NYPD response. I like Terrence for these potential Trump arraignment protests. This is a cut number 14. My man Terrence Monahan. If you have a large uh, vocal pro-Trump supporters, it may bring out a large vocal anti-Trump supporters. And as a police department, you got to keep them apart. Once he gets in that building, everything is going to be frozen. There is more than enough personnel to make sure that uh, wherever the former president walks in that building, it's going to be secure. Biggest concern is what's going to happen outside that courthouse. As of now, everything that uh, the NYPD is hearing is that it's not going to be that bad. But uh, as I've said before, you always have to expect the unexpected. So how about this? God rest his soul, Rush Limbaugh. His last broadcast was about three years ago. He's gone now. But in his final broadcast, his very last broadcast, the great Rush Limbaugh intimated that something like this would happen, that the Dems would continue their relentless persecution of Donald Trump. But he also said, and you'll hear it, well, I'm not going to tell you, a very hopeful ending to this message. Once again, like Nostradamus, late great Rush Limbaugh, his last ever broadcast, said this three years ago. Lewis, cut number 11. I know they desperately want Trump gone, and I, I know that they desperately want it codified that Trump cannot run again, because make no mistake, they remain scared to death of you, and they remain scared to death of Trump. Uh, Trump, 75 million, 80 million votes. And I'm going to tell you, you're not going anywhere. Even if Trump does, you're not. They can't separate you from Trump. And more importantly, they can't separate you from the ideas. They can't separate you from MAGA. They can't separate you from Make America Great Again which I think remains one of our big campaign strengths going forward. They believe that they can, they can destroy this bond that exists between you and Trump if they somehow make Trump look bad, make Trump look like a reprobate, embarrass you about Trump. They can't do it because you came before Trump. There he is, the late, great Rush Limbaugh, his very last broadcast. Once again... Nostradamus who? All right, folks, you've got uh, Brian Kilmeade coming up next. Then author Idala, who had dinner with Joe Tacopino last night. He's got the latest on this new dream team that Donald Trump has put together. Traffic is also coming up next. But right now it's time for the 77 WABC minicast clip of the day. Get the whole story in under 10 New York minutes. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Today's minicast is from the Dominic Carter Show. Here Dominic talks TikTok and the NYPD. Something that is disgusting, absolutely disgusting. And it's a sign of the times that we live in. A police officer taunting rapper who is known as Famous Richard. This nut job posts on TikTok times when he tries to reach for a police officer's gun. This fool thinks it's fun to reach for an NYPD officer's gun. And to record it for TikTok. This is Sid on Sports. Oh, my goodness. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC.
Justin Alec here with your bottom of the hour sports update, sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They are the world's best built boilers. Two local contests to get to on the diamond. Let's start with the Yankees, who moved to 3-1 and on the young season with their 8-1 to win over the Philadelphia Phillies in the Bronx. After jumping out to a 2-0 lead in the first, Gleyber Torres came up in the third and launched his 100th career home run before the Bombers unloaded with a five-run fifth inning, complete with a Anthony Rizzo bomb as well. At that point, it was up to the bullpen to bring the uh, the win home for Nestor Cortez, who was solid in his season debut, going five strong innings with one earned run over seven hits. Game two of the three-game set, we'll see Domingo Herman go up against Philly's match drum. First pitch is scheduled for 7.05 p.m. tonight. Now for the Mets, who fell completely flat to open up their three-game set in Milwaukee, losing to the Brewers 10 to nothing in the opener yesterday. Carlos Carrasco did not have it on the bump for New York, yielding five earned runs through four innings of work with the bullpen in the bats, not offering much help either and wrath to the loss. Uh, now at 3-2 and two on the year, the Mets will see if they can bounce back in Milwaukee tonight. It'll be ace Max Scherzer taking the hill against Milwaukee's Wade Miley. First pitch is set for 7.40 p.m. Eastern time. Other action to look forward to locally tonight. The Nets, they're back on the hardwood, welcoming in the Minnesota Timberwolves for a 7.30 p.m. tip. And at 7 p.m., you got a puck dropping in Jersey. The Devils, they get set to welcome in the Pittsburgh Penguins. And, of course, in Houston last night, the UConn Huskies claimed the 2023 NCAA Men's College Basketball National Championship, beating uh, San Diego State 76-59 to in the championship game to secure UConn's fifth national title in school history. Here with sports, I'm Justin Alex, sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They are the world's best-built boilers at sports on 77 WABC. 77 WABC. This is sitting friends in the morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Well, it is a big day, (laughs) to say the least, around the country, but the action takes place, the drama takes place right here. In our very own New York City, the headline of today's New York Post, Day of the Don, it's a Big Apple circus as Trump faces arrest, arraignment this afternoon. Now, you know the guy that follows me every day on this station, does a tremendous job at 10 a.m. He's also one of the three great hosts on Fox and Friends every morning on Fox News, has his own tremendous show, which I love being on, One Nation, 8 p.m. Fox News on Saturday night, is the very handsome and talented Brian Kilmeade, (laughs) and here he is for his weekly visit, comes early this week, I'm on my way to London later on this afternoon. Brian, good Tuesday morning, how are you, buddy? It's going to be an interesting day, right? Donald Trump flies in yesterday, uh, barricades around Trump Tower, not the biggest crowd. We had reporters out there, didn't seem a lot of anger or a a lot of support either way. But that, I think, will change today. So we'll see the excitement. We'll watch the TikTok and, of course, some drama. I'm very curious with you, Sid, because, you know, Joe Tacopina maybe got some some help yesterday. Maybe it's unwanted. Todd Blanche will join the team. Susan Nicholas, I believe, is part of the team. And Tacopino, uh, you know, he's got some support with a guy reportedly as a defense attorney, much different than him in his approach. You know, I buddy. Well, I didn't speak to uh, Joseph yesterday. I know he had dinner with my other good buddy, my attorney, Arthur Idala, last night. I did text Joseph about 5 o'clock this morning. I, I did hear that the rumblings, at least, that he doesn't get along with Blanche, that there's some infighting now with Trump's attorneys. I don't know any of that. I know that Takapina has been the face, basically, the lead counsel. He's done every radio show, every TV show. He's been everywhere for Takapina. 
But uh, usually where there's smoke, there's fire. And you start putting all these attorneys with huge egos inside that same room with one common purpose, and odds are it ain't going to work out all that well. You go back even to the O.J. days. I mean, that was not exactly Shangri-La either between Shapiro and Johnny Cochran and all those high-profile attorneys. So if you go to past cases, Brian, where big-name attorneys are in the same room, usually – it's not great, and uh, I don't know that for a fact that this is the case, but I would bet that's the way it is. Yeah, I mean, they say there's a possibility they'll work well together. It's just a matter of respect and egos, like you said. You know, Takapina came out, and evidently they say he's got a problem because Stormy Daniels did contact him. You would know better, and said, would you represent me? He said yeah. no. Yep. He went on CNN. He was asked to comment on the case because he's an expert. He worked with Bernie Carrick and so many others. And he said, you know, on the surface, uh, Trump could be in a little trouble here. And he, I got the quote, and I'll, bring it, I'll talk about it. And they said that's a problem with the Trump team, even though I thought he explained himself well. And the Rolling Stone came out with this big story about, you know, how there's some trouble and, and uh, people saying nasty things about his intellect. So that's never good. So we'll see what happens today. They're going to say Trump's going to come out there and he's going to have his attorney say dismiss the case. They're going to probably say no. They go dismiss the judge. He's biased against me. They'll probably say no. And they'll say dismiss Alvin Bragg. He's he's a politician. He yeah. he ran on, on, on trying me before he even knew me. And he said before he knew any charges. And they said no. So I'm sure they're going to say no. But they're going to make it clear that they, they want to stop it. And yeah. I'm just very curious to see what's in the indictment because it's like as speculated uh, – Trump really could benefit from this. I worry about the I'm, I like the guy. I worry about the other charges. I worry about the documents case. And I'm worried about Georgia. Not so much he did wrong or right. Just about the, the, the type of backing of these cases and how these other prosecutors are putting everything on this. This this Jack Smith's a lunatic. He just made the Secret Service, subpoenaed Secret Service to bring us inside Mar-a-Lago. He subpoenaed uh, Cochran, uh, not Cochran, I forgot his name, but he subpoenaed the attorney handling the document case to turn on his client, Donald Trump. Who ever heard of this? No, it is actually. It's not Johnny Cochran. I just mentioned his name. It's Corcoran. You're very, very Corcoran. close. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, it's Corcoran. funny. You talk about uh, the judge in Trump's case today, and this could be another point of contention. I'm not sure if it is, but Donald Trump has been out there railing on this judge for days. And then my dear friend Joseph Takapina is on with George Stephanopoulos on Sunday. And George said, how do you feel about the judge? He goes, he's fine. I have no issue. So I'm not sure if you add all, all those things up. It's cumulative that Donald Trump goes, well, hold on a second. He was critical in the past. I'm not okay with the judge. He is. You know Trump. He can love you one day and the next day for very little reason, he can uh, hate you. So uh, you're right. A lot of drama between the... Uh, but I like that Takapina said that. He made a good move because you can't alienate a judge. Plus, Joe's got other cases that are going to be before course, that judge. Of He's course. crazy. Yeah. He did the right thing. Of course he did. And he beat down George pretty good when he said, hey, you're interviewing me. I'm not President Trump. You're interviewing me. So, uh, yes, a, a lot of drama today. I will tell you one person that disappointed me yesterday, and i got to tell you, i become uh, very friendly with this guy. You know that. I'm out there with him. Uh, um, uh, he's on the show quite a bit. 
We're trying to get this whole Republican-Democrat thing going, and that is Mayor Eric Adams, again, calling out MAGA people, calling out Marjorie Taylor Greene. There'll be no violence on the streets. I mean, did they forget? What kind of short memories do Eric Adams and uh, the police commissioner have? The summer of 2020 was not even three years ago when Democrats took to the streets in this city and every major city, beat up innocent people, uh, spit on cops, set fires, looted, did all those things, not even three years ago they've got the nerve to call out the trump supporters today like they're some type of animals yeah and, and marjorie taylor green it's congresswoman green all right i mean imagine if you just go eric adams better watch himself that's disrespectful mayor eric adams come on number two is you're allowed to support donald trump the president of the party so just asking people and calling her out um you know remember sam huff Sam Huff, the linebacker with the Redskins, he like put himself oh, and said, did, did you, "I'm the only guy who can stop Jim Brown." Did you just Jim say, Brown was did, the number one running back? Did you just say the linebacker with the Redskins? The great number seventy, Sam Huff, was one of the greatest linebackers in the history of the game for the Giants before he went to the Redskins. Giants and Redskins. The one thing that <laughs> Sam Huff did, uh, Sam Huff did, he said, "I'm the only one who could stop uh, Jim Brown." And was like, "Really? You're the only one?" Oh yeah, I'm the guy. And what he did is he made himself famous by taking the fame and greatness of Jim Brown. Not that he wasn't outstanding, but he put himself in another echelon by saying, I'm the man to stop him. It seems like Eric Adams watched 60 Minutes, saw, saw Marjorie Taylor Greene on uh, 60 Minutes, the lead guest with Leslie Stahl, and said, I have an idea. Let me get famous by stopping MAGA people and put myself with Marjorie Taylor Greene. I'll be the one to rein her in. I'll do what Leslie Stahl couldn't. That's what I think. I think you're right. Uh, again, talking to Brian Kilmeade here. The day is today. The arraignment, uh, I think 2.15 this afternoon, could be done as early as 2.30. And then it is wheels up. Donald Trump uh, saying a couple days ago, I'm not staying. As soon as this arraignment is over, I'm back to Palm Beach, and uh, we'll kind of take it from there. And you're right uh, in terms of what this means politically for Donald Trump. Everybody admits, even some Democrats admit, that this will backfire on them, and uh, he will get a huge bump. He's already murdering Ron DeSantis in most of the polls. But you got to watch out now, Brian. you got to watch out because now Donald Trump has some real fierce competition with the announcement made on ABC on Sunday from former governor of Arkansas, Asa Hutchinson. If I'm Trump, I am worried in my boots. <laughs> How do you stop Asa? I mean, that's going to be the new. We got to get a, a plan. I mean, he wouldn't even acknowledge it. But did you see they dropped off a 500-page opposition research on DeSantis? This uh, this Democratic company, 500 pages, and I'm sure Trump's like, I'll take that. I'll take that dossier. So he's already using it. But that shows you how they fear him. And I was out on Long Island in Nassau County at the Aviation Center on Saturday, and I saw so bizarre. Saw Trump people interrupting DeSantis' speech, called stand down, Ron. Saw some signs out there, but it was raining. There was also some uh, transsexuals protesting. Evidently, they don't like Ron DeSantis, so I had no idea. So they were out there, too. It was bizarre. But he had a big, big crowd. And a lot of uh, Nassau County's Republican top brass all showed up. And this guy's book is number one in the country or number two. Again, so he's got some momentum. And remember, all I can say is Trump. Trump's a favorite. I'll give you that. But remember, no one gave Barack Obama a shot. He was trailing by 22 points at this point to Hillary Clinton. And he just kept kept uh, surging. And by the time Iowa comes out, he wins it. And then he goes to New Hampshire. Now they're now they're Democrats are afraid to compete in Iowa. 
Uh, but back then, it was Iowa was fine, and it was the miracle in Iowa, and then you could not catch the Barack Obama train. So it's focused on the early states. The DeSantis people are still extremely confident. It's fascinating. I love this stuff. I, this, to me, is very much like sports. 100%. People say to me all the time, how are you able to make the transition so smoothly going from a big-time sports radio host to a big-time political guy? And like you just said, it's the same thing. Just take the team you love, make it the politician. It's the same fervor. It's the same enthusiasm. It's the same controversies. It's exactly the same, which brings us to the current president of the united states brian who's awfully quiet these days and is that because he's being respectful to the office i doubt it or or is he worried that somewhere down the road now the democrats have done this that republicans will come right back at him and his family uh listen he is benefiting from this big time he is awful i'm not gonna let's not bury this sid this chinese balloon that we knew in our guts was collecting intelligence and we knew they were not telling us the truth as we tracked it across the country and we thought to ourselves this is a farce and we shoot it down in south carolina and they told us we stopped it and we 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 stopped it from gathering information and then the nbc report yesterday backed up by intel committee members including democrats that it was collecting real-time intelligence and they had a self-destruct button but they were getting so much intelligence i imagine said why don't we blow it up so they went across all our our military bases do you know they were doing figure eights over our military bases do you know it took five days for secretary austin to acknowledge the balloon do you know that they blatantly told us an untruth about it? And now even John Tester, a Democrat, is saying, I need an explanation. He's calling people to Congress. And this is an outrage. This is China smells weakness. Look at Saudi Arabia says, hey, you know what? I'm going to cut production. And what are you going to do about it? You know who benefits? Russia. They get $80 a barrel. You know who gets hurt? Us. 465 It's going to be a gallon. Has anyone listening to us right now checked their energy bill? It has tripled in two years. Why? We had a mild winter because of these policies and this man. And he's getting a pass because of Trump time. And I think we just got to keep this, uh, keep our minds wide open and just don't stay on the Trump path. Boy, that is so brilliantly said. I had John Katsimatidis on the show yesterday, and he broke down this whole relationship uh, with Saudi Arabia, the oil, the the price per barrel, the depletion. This is the lowest amount we've had since 1983 in 40 years. And you're right. My, my air conditioning bill last summer was $900 one month, and we couldn't figure it out. And that's when the uh, the everyday guy gets attacked because of policy coming from the White House. Uh, Brian, is always, a fascinating and great conversation. Enjoy the drama that unfolds later on today. And you and I will do this again next week, buddy. You're the absolute best. I love you. Thank you. Uh, thanks, and just I'll say we're going to have reporters at the scene. So we're, gonna, we're ready to cover this live. So whatever happens, you don't have to... You don't have to go elsewhere to find it out because we got reporters at Trump Tower and at the court, and we got analysis. So I'm going to use everything at Fox to bring everything to WABC. You're the man, buddy. This is why uh, you're great. Thank you so much, and I'll talk to you again very, very soon. Thanks, bud. Thanks, Sid. Have a great time in Europe. Thank you. There he is. Brian Kilmeade follows me every morning here on WABC at 10 o'clock. And, of course, his relationship there being a big-time television host with two big shows at Fox News certainly helps us here at Talk Radio 77 WABC. 
ABC. So between ABC, we've got reporters out all day with this, and Fox News, we got you covered like nobody else. A lot more big-name guests still stopping by today, including Bill O'Reilly, Alan Dershowitz, and more. This is the Tuesday edition of New York's favorite talk show, Sitting Friends in the Morning, right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Friends in the morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Hey, Jude, don't make it bad. Take a sad song and make it better. Remember to let her into your heart. Then you can start to make it better. Classic Beatles. Every year they come out with that list of the greatest rock and roll songs ever, and usually Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin is number one. But hey, Jude, right there, and again with me on my way to Heathrow Airport in London. About the same time, Donald Trump will be heading back to West Palm Beach later on this afternoon to see my little girl, Ava, who's not so little anymore. She turns 19 on Friday in college. So while London calling even though I'm actually going to Wales, which is about two hours outside of London. So the Beatles and Hey Jude as we start our number two, and we're really honored to have this guy back now two days in a row. Big-time attorney, my attorney, dear friend, also a great radio host, and that is Arthur Idala. Artie, welcome back. Good morning, buddy. How are you? Good. You keep saying London Calling, London Calling, and then you're playing the Beatles. I'm going to play oh, London Calling. Don't worry. Album. Okay. I'll All get right. there. I'll get there. I'm okay. Not... I'm just making yeah. sure. I know you're a big. I know you're a big music guy. You go to Germany to see the Rolling Stones and Rome <laughs> yeah, to see to Springsteen. I'm going to Italy. I'm going to Italy. Yeah, to see 
I know. Takapina got you those tickets through the mayor. I heard the whole story. So talking I'm about. I'm so nervous that he's going to. I'm so nervous that with all this pressure on him with this Trump thing, he's going to flake out on me. Well, he's not going. No, he's not going. You already told me. He's not going. But he got you the tickets, um, which is fine. You guys are very, very close, dating all the way back to our days together over 40 years ago. Me, you, and Takapina at Poly Prep. But. Here, uh, here it is. Today may be the biggest day of his career, and he's had a huge career, as you have. And who did he dine with last night? You! How was Takapina's mood last night before this huge afternoon he's got coming up today? Well, I got to tell you this, and he, you know, I heard you say earlier that, you know, you're very sincere, and I do my best to be very sincere. He's got a much thicker skin than I do. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Because I would have been really upset yesterday with this guy, Todd Blanche, and the, the new lawyer joining the team and all these announcements. And Politico said, oh, he's the new lead attorney and all that. You know, and that was not a cool move at all by President Trump. Just not cool at all. Well, let me, let me stop been, you right there. Before you go any further, go back to how Takapina feels about it. Uh, he did make the he move. Was cal- he was calm about it. Oh, I'm sure he was. Like, he was. I'm he was sure fine. he was. But... But uh, answer this for me, because Takapina's been everywhere doing Hannity eight times a day, uh, every show you can imagine. And even though he disagreed about the, the judge on ABC on Sunday with Trump, he has been in line with President Trump every day. He's really been a great cheerleader for the president, as well as his attorney. Now I'm reading that, well, wait a second. Some folks think he doesn't sound all that bright, which is horrible and ridiculous. Some folks are still annoyed by what he told CNN or something years ago. I don't know. But why do you think President Trump made that move yesterday? It's, it, it reeks of, like, panic and fear. And um, the thing is, look, I understand, and, and Donald Trump has every reason to be concerned about this, and I'm not, you know, minimizing that. But if you wanted to bring someone else on the team, you need to do it today. Like, you know, I mean, today's thing, honestly, Sid, I'm not being a wise guy. Like, you could do today's thing. They're going to stand up in front of the president. The clerk is going to say, uh, uh, Mr. Trump, do you have the indictment? Yes. Has it been read to you? Yes. Do you understand it? Yes. Do you waive its formal readings? Yes. How do you plead not guilty? The judge is probably going to make a speech about make people's statements outside of the courtroom. Now that he's been indicted, the judge can put some reins on him. I don't think there's going to be a full-blown gag order, but I think he's going to say, I'm monitoring what everyone here is going to be saying. And if I think anyone gets out of line, I'm going to call you back here, and I am going to put an official gag order on. Then they're going to set a date to come back, and it's going to be over. Um, So you didn't need to make this big announcement in the New York Times and Politico and this and that. New lawyer in the team, he's the lead lawyer. He He left a big law firm, Sid. To a, and he was probably, I'm going to guess, making either a very thick six-figure salary or a seven-figure salary at a partner at this Cadwalder firm, uh, he, you know, because they wouldn't let him. This is how crazy it is. You can't represent Trump and be part of a big law firm, so you have to leave the law firm to do it. Um, it just wasn't – I mean, Joe handles it like, like a pro. I would be, like, pissed. Let's stop right there. You said Joe handled it like a pro. He's got thicker skin than you. You're Arthur Idala. You're every bit as big as Takapina. You'd be pissed. What does that mean practically? What would you do? Would you call out Trump in the press? What would you do? No, 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 no. I would. I know. It's all about loyalty. No, I would never turn on my client like that. But I would file it away. I'm like, okay, now I know what this guy's all about and how loyal or disloyal he is. You know, when I represented Lawrence Taylor, the day that I represented him, I did the, I did the arraignment. 
And then the next day, Sid, I couldn't get him on the phone, right? I'm reaching, I'm trying to call him, I'm trying to call him, and our mutual <laughs> friend, and he, he won't answer the phone, right? And our mutual friend, um, uh, Lepselter, Mark Lepselter, as I'm going to do Mike Francis's show, which should be one of the highlights of my life, at that time, he was really the Pope, and this is the LT gets arrested, he loves LT, I'm going to go do a whole hour with Francesca, and Lepselter goes to me, Artie. He goes, the, the sharks are in the water. I go, what does that mean? He goes, there's all kinds of lawyers who try to get to Lawrence. Long story longer, I meet Lawrence that night at 10 o'clock. At the end of our meeting over a bottle of scotch and two cigars, you know, I didn't know him at all. You knew him. I didn't know him at all. Yeah. I go, Lawrence, I only want to do these cases one way. I go, I got to be all in. I got to be like, I got to be your guy and, and know that I'm your guy. And he looked at me confused. He goes, yeah, of course you're my guy. He goes, what, what are you talking about? I go, how many people called you today about changing lawyers? He's mm, let's see. I would say after about the eighth call, I turned my phone off. That's why you couldn't reach him. I go, what do you mean? He goes, you could never be as bad as everyone told me you were, and they could never be as good as they said they were. He goes, no, no, no. You're my man through the whole trial. And that changes everything from a lawyer's point of view. So Donald Trump is a little different than Lawrence Taylor. I think, I think we could all agree with that. <laughs> yeah. And look, Joe's going to Joe's going to do his thing today. And the big thing that Joe's got on his plate, to be honest with you, is in 21 days, there is this civil sexual assault trial in federal court. Now, no one's going to go to jail over it. Um, but Donald Trump wants to hear a jury. You don't say guilty or not guilty in the civil case. You say liable or not liable. They want Donald Trump wants to hear not liable. In that civil case, that well, he well, did I'm not glad you brought that up. Right, I'm glad uh, the Bergdorf Goodman, uh, the Bergdorf uh, Goodman woman. I'm glad you brought that up because people don't realize this. People think that uh, Takapina was added for this, and he wasn't. He was hired for that specific case you're talking about. Then all of a sudden, Takapina like exactly. morphed into lead counsel. Now he's on exactly. on every case, but he was hired initially for the one you're just talking about, which I guess is still kind of important. It's very important. It starts in three weeks. It's in front of a judge. Uh, he's a story judge, Lewis Kaplan, but he's appointed by, by they appointed by the Clintons. He's very close to the Clintons. So I don't have to tell you which, which side he leans on. Um, and, you know, it's basically Donald Trump in that case is accused of rape, except Sid, it's 27 years ago. And I don't think it was ever reported until two decades later. And she's saying she was raped like in a closet in Bergdorf Goodman, like on a main central floor. Right. So, you know, it's that's going to be an interesting case. But that's coming up. It's not like three months from now. It's three weeks from now. And, uh, you know, Joe's going. You're going to London. Joe's going to London next week because his daughter's giving birth to his first yes. grandchild. Yes. And then he's going to come back, and he's got to try that case. <laughs> I know. And, you know, if, if he gets a good – look, here's how Donald Trump works, and you know that everyone knows this. If Takapina wins that case, he's a genius. And he's his main guy forever. And if for some reason the, the verdict doesn't go that way, he'll be billed as a loser. And I don't need losers on my team. And, you know, you know how Trump rolls. Nah, listen, he, and all that he's going to win the case. But, again, as evidenced by hiring Todd uh, last night, it doesn't matter whether he wins or loses. If Trump feels like he's not good enough, he's not enough, I love him today, I just kind of like him tomorrow, he can still say things like that even after a victory. And let's face it. We talked about this case in New York today. You brought up the rape case with Takapina in three weeks. Still out there. January 6th. Still out there. Mar-a-Lago. Still out there. Atlanta. And now you're starting to read things that, hey, one of those three, at least one of those three, may turn out to be a much bigger 
legal headache than this one. So the fun seemingly is just starting for President Trump. hundred percent. So you're absolutely correct. The Mar-a-Lago stuff. Look, this is how they have to differentiate Trump's Mar-a-Lago document thing from Biden's Delaware document thing. Apparently, when Biden got the subpoena or they went to go search his house, like he opened the doors. You know, he told his guys, you know, go in and look at everything. On and, and I have nothing to hide. With Trump, yesterday they subpoenaed the Secret Service agents and a woman who worked for him for the president when he was in the White House and then came to Mar-a-Lago. And the uh, the word on the uh, on the street is that these people are going to testify that after Trump got the subpoena for the documents, he told people to move the documents, to hide the documents. If that's true, he's got a big headache on his hands. Huge headache. Uh, yeah. Listen, I, I do know that uh, Joe Tacopina is still the guy. He's still the trial guy. If it gets that far, it's not going to be. Todd Blanche, it's not going to be Necklace, any other one of these uh, attorneys. So at least know that author that while, yes, Trump may have added an attorney, that uh, Joe Tacopina is still the trial guy and still the number one guy. And by the way, Susan Susan Necklace is a great, great trial attorney. I mean, she really is. I'm not saying that for any. And I was complimenting Trump because Joe and Susan are a fantastic team. Fantastic, and you know the expression. You know, you add too many cooks to the kitchen. I got—I don't know Todd Blanche. I never even—I never heard his name. Uh, Joe said to me, "He goes, really nice guy, really smart guy, good guy. Like he's got no nothing against the guy." But Susan and and but he's a federal guy, and a federal guy is a little different in state court because they—it's—it's it's just a different scene. Yeah. yeah. Um. And but Susan and Joe. It's a dynamic duo right there. So we'll see how it plays yeah, out. I, I always worry. You know, anticlimactic. You, yeah, and I, I always worry going back to even the O.J. days. And, uh, look, I, I know that doesn't seem to be that type of friction right now amongst Takapin and the other guys, Trump's lawyers. But you know that when it was all said and done, even though uh, they got O.J. off, that they all hated each other. I mean, Johnny Cochran was yeah, fighting with Robert absolutely. Shapiro, who was fighting with Epley Bailey, who was fighting with Alan Dershowitz. I mean, there was some real rancor inside uh, those those meetings. I don't know if that's going to be the case with Donald Trump, but you do know that you put a lot of those folks in the same room, a lot of big-time guys with big egos, and that is could be, could be at the very least, a recipe for disaster, no? A hundred percent. I heard you say that earlier. A hundred percent. And listen, there were there were five of us on the Harvey Weinstein case, and you know you you have to do what's in the best interest of the client. And there were some witnesses. You know, I I was the one who told Harvey, you need a woman here, and he's the one who brought in Donna Rotuno, and she wound up doing like the heavy cross examinations of the other women, because you know we felt that like if I got up there and started calling her, fuck you, you lied about this and you lied about that. It looks like you're beating up on her, whereas a woman does it. It's the you know she could get away maybe with a little bit more than a guy does. So you got it. You have to keep your ego in check, and you have to keep the client's best interest in the front of your mind. This is not about you. This is about the client. So you know we'll see what what Trump does, uh, to, to you know regarding his legal team and shuffling things around. But here's the bottom line, and let's 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 keep up to Joe Tacopina Love says, Joe can walk away from this like without a problem. Like you know he could just say nicely say. Todd's a great lawyer. Susan's a great lawyer. I got three other cases to try. I'm a new grandfather. I got other things to do. And he could quietly bow out, and he'll still be friends with Sean Hannity. You should have seen the reception we got in the restaurant last night. 
People were clapping for him. Literally. Yeah, I know. He's a hero. Clapping for him. They're like, go, well, They Joe, should. Go, they should. Joe, go, Joe. And he's happy as he should be. You know, he's grinning ear to ear. So, you know, he'll be fine. But, you know, I, I'm more protective of him, I think, sometimes than he is. He don't care. He's like, I don't care. Who cares? It doesn't matter. God bless him, man. God no, no. Him. And he knows how supportive you've been. Obviously, we spoke about you and the three knuckleheads we were 40 years ago. And it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's 40 yeah. years ago. 40 yeah. years ago. I know. I know. Listen, I, I, I'm very proud of him. He'll never walk away because he loves his country and he wants to win. And uh, you and him, you two guys are at the very, very top of that totem pole, the very top of that food chain. And uh, no matter who it is, Harvey Weinstein, Donald Trump, you guys want to go out there and uh, win that case. So let's talk about what you expect to see later on today. Again, we still have not seen the indictment. We're going to find out later on this afternoon from Alvin Bragg. I guess Trump is going to hold the press conference close to 9 p.m. tonight when he gets back to Mar-a-Lago. There are all kinds of different reports, 24 charges, 30 charges, one felony, two felonies. Some people are worried that this, uh, you know, the guy that worked in his company, Wiesenthal, whatever his name is, who's been in Rikers Island for a couple of weeks, he may have flipped. I don't know if that's true or not, but what do you think we're going to find out today? Well, somewhere around now, or in a little while, still a little early, um, Joe and Susan and I guess Todd now should be getting emailed the the indictment. Because one of the things the judge is going to ask Trump is, have you read the indictment? Do you know the indictment? And do you waive its formal reading? And how do you plead? So <clears throat> someone's got to go over it with him. Um, I know that they're going to go meet with the president this morning at uh, whatever it is, 56th and 5th uh, at Trump Tower. <clears throat> and... Um, I, ostensibly they're supposed to review it with him there. I mean, they could wait until the last minute until he's actually in the building, but they have to review it and then um, um, uh, go over it with him, and then he'll make sure. Hold on a second. It's 730, right? Yeah, I'll go with you. Okay. All right. I'm on with Rosanna. She's like, oh, you got three more minutes. Okay, good. <laughs> Rosanna's so got him. Yeah, wrap it up. Go ahead. So, so here's what happens. They're going to leave uh, Trump Tower. Somewhere in the 11, 30, 12 o'clock time, they moved it much later. Originally, they wanted him there much earlier. Now it's, they're going to have him there much later. They're going to go onto One Hogan Place, which is the side street of the courthouse, not the in front of the courthouse, but the side of the courthouse. They're, they're going to set up one of those tents so that you're not going to see the president leave his car. It's going to be all shield, shield, shielded, and all, all that area is going to be frozen from automobile traffic. He's going to go in. He's going to go up the employee's elevator. He will get fingerprinted and, and has, have the famous mugshot taken. That'll all get quickly sent up to Albany and then sent back down to show that he doesn't have any warrants or arrest history or anything like that. And then um, they'll take a different elevator to the courtroom. They'll go into the courtroom. This, the whole proceeding will literally take probably three to five minutes if the judge gives some big speech about the press. I'm sorry about uh, about extra statements outside of the courtroom. The judge is allowing cameras just for one minute. I think he said he one or two minutes before the proceedings start to take pictures of Trump and and the three lawyers sitting at the table and of the prosecutors. Then they have to clear out. Then the judge is going to start the proceedings. When the proceedings end, the president will have to go into the hallway where the Secret Service will make sure that the cameras that are, will be in the hallway will be far enough away that nobody could get close to the president. And then he'll go back out the employee's entrance into his car. I think he's going to go right to LaGuardia Airport and get on the plane and 
head to uh, Florida. Wow. Uh, that is uh, quite a synopsis. Uh, excellent, excellent appearance, Audie. Two days in a row. I mean, just really terrific. So good luck with our mutual friend Rosanna Scotto on Channel 5 coming up momentarily. And thank you for two great appearances. You're the best. I love you. My thank pleasure, you. pleasure, buddy. Keep up the great work. All sir. right. Thank yeah. you. You too. There he is, Attorney Arthur Idala, And he laid it out for you, folks. He laid it out for you. My man Joe Tacopina, he's got uh, he's got work to do today, but he's the right guy for it. That's the bottom line. I don't know who Todd Blanche is, and I don't care. <laughs> and I hear great things about Necklace. But uh, don't confuse the issue. If, in fact, this goes to trial, if it does, the trial attorney is going to be Joseph Tacopina, not Todd Blanche. We'll take a short break. Still lots more to come. Great guests all morning long. Bo Deedle, Monica Crowley, Bill O'Reilly. Alan Dershowitz, nobody preparing you better for this historic day for the country in New York City than me. Sid Rosenberg right here on Sid and Friends in the Morning on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Remember to let her under your skin when you begin to make it Informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. The screen door slams. Mary's dress waves. Like a vision, she dances across the porch as the radio plays. Roy Orbison sang for the lonely. Hey, that's me and I want you only. Don't turn me home again, I just can't face myself alone again. Don't run back inside, darling, you know just what I'm here for. So you're scared and you're thinking that maybe we ain't that young anymore. Show a little faith, there's magic in the night. You ain't a beauty, but hey, you're all right. Oh, and that's all right. I love this one. Thunder Road, Bruce Springsteen off that great Born to One album. Bruce performed in Brooklyn last night. It's a great story. So Justin Ellick, who right now is uh, talking to Bo Dito. Bo's coming up live in studio at 740. So Ellick had tickets for Springsteen for last night. He was talking about it all morning. Yesterday I'm going to see Bruce. Because Bruce had a big show at Madison Square Garden on Saturday. So Ellick had tickets to see Springsteen at Barclays in Brooklyn last night. And, um, well, he didn't make it. (laughs) I did make it. No, he didn't make it. I did make it. How can how can you possibly show up an hour late for a Bruce Springsteen concert? <laughs> how does that happen? I fell asleep. I went to take a nap. 
I had to get my sleep in before the show because I knew I wouldn't get. What time did you start this nap? I started this nap at probably two thirty or three o'clock. And you slept through eight o'clock at night. I had an alarm set for five thirty that I clearly unconsciously woke up to. Uh, turned off and went back to sleep. Oh, my God. And then I didn't, like, you know, I mean, I wake up every day at 2.30 in the morning for you. Right. And it affects my body to the point where wait, if wait, I'm... Wait, 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 wait. Are you yelling at me? No, I'm not wait. yelling at you. Oh. I'm just saying this oh. is this is the reaction that my body yeah. has. Like, Calm like, down there, Todd Blanche. <laughs> <laughs> like, like once a week, my body will just shut down and it'll sleep for like eight hours during the day. Yeah. And I woke up at 8.30. I had like, oh, my, my parents thought I was dead. Well, your parents were at the concert, right? Yeah, they were at the concert. Your mom, your dad, and who else? And my little sister. Your little sister. Yeah. So uh, it's kind of a weird uh, group to go to a Bruce Springsteen concert. Mommy and Daddy and little Peggy there. But, uh, <laughs> little Peggy. So the four of you, uh, so the, the concert started at 8. What time did you actually get there? I got there at about 9.50. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw like 75% of the show. No, 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 no. no maybe, way. yeah, maybe sixty percent. He does three hours. Well, so. when I when I got here, it was at sixty percent, and every yeah, no, keeps 20, going up. Twenty minutes, yeah. it's going up. No, so. I'm Fantastic. looking at the set list. Yeah. He missed a lot of songs. All right, a I lot missed of like songs. I missed like three good songs. What song? You know what songs you missed? Did you I see the missed, playlist? Uh, because the night I missed the Promised Land. Oh, I missed Prove uh, It All Night. Prove It All missed, Night. Oh, you missed no surrender. Okay, well, why didn't you read the stuff that I was there for, Lou? Uh, let's see. You got there at. Uh, I got thun- I got Thunder Road. I got Dancing in the Dark. Oh, no, I got you missed fourteen. So you got there for Because the Night. Yeah. Okay, you missed Backstreet. Oh, okay, yeah, God. that was the last song I missed. Oh, that's a big one. That's a big okay. one. All right. God oh, damn, my tooth is killing me. <laughs> what time is this place open up? Stop living. At me. Nobody Nine o'clock. Is God. Everybody is miserable. Well, I just, this, this, now I know. I miss was not that bad a guy, i got to be honest. No. You people are the bad people. Oh. You people. What do you mean by you people? He was, the poor guy was dying. He had emphysema. His lung collapsed. And you guys would laugh. I could do it to me right now. My tooth is killing me. You yeah. were just laughing at me for slipping through Bruce. What time does the damn dentist open? Nine o'clock. <laughs> you think they're open now? <laughs> do you have a number for the doctor or an emergency call or something? Absolutely or, not. No. no. They could come over here and do, like, an uh, emergency They right should. Yeah. From yes. 9 to 10 during the Alan Dershowitz conversation. Well, Dr. Mark Siegel. I'm sure he's got, he's got some dental he's work. He's not a his, dentist. Uh, he's a doctor. They, all doctors have, have dabbled in what dentistry. Are you, so you, you going to call a proctologist when you have a heart attack? <laughs> Maybe. If nobody else is available. If the proctologist doesn't open until 9. <laughs> yeah. It would be better than his little sister doing it on him, I think. Yeah. I think he might survive. Yeah. Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. We will take the indictment. We will dissect it. Um, the team will look at every every um, potential issue that we, we will be able to challenge, and we will challenge. And, of course, I very much anticipate a motion to dismiss coming because there's no law that fits this. Morning, been a terrific show already. Brian Kilmeade at 640. Audi Idala was really great at 705. But of course, we put this time aside every Tuesday morning at 740 for a man that spent the better part of two decades making history in New York as one of the greatest cops in the history of New York. He's gone on to become 
a tremendous actor. And I say that, I mean that. And again, I go back to that same scene with the Nero and Pacino and the Irishman. He stole that scene. But Goodfellas, Wolf of Wall Street, also big on television now with shows like Gravesend. He's amazing as Tommy Lucchese and Godfather of Holland. But let me say this. With all that said, why I love this guy is in almost 30 years, very few people have been lo- more loyal to me, my wife, Danielle, my family, than the great Bo Deedle. So it's great to see you. Happy Tuesday morning. Hey, how you doing? I want you to relax a little bit because you're going to go see your beautiful daughter. Yeah. You're going to take a beautiful flight over there. Don't get all hung up on all this crap because it's all going to be here. Now, before we go into the trumpetation, first of all, let me say Joe Takapina is still the boss over there, so don't listen to all this other bull crap. Joe Takapina is the class of the race, and that's it. We all know about Trump. Trump doesn't like when people get highlighted, but all I can say is Taki's still there, and I've been in contact with him, and everything's well, cool. Good. I, I, he is uh, still in charge, and he's actually told you and yeah. I, uh, both of us yeah. already that this morning yeah. uh, during my conversation with Artie Idala, but... Uh, this guy, Todd Blanche, who Trump brings in, mm. just your opinion, okay? Uh, is it, A, the more the merrier, it can't hurt to have a lot of attorneys, or, B, do you find it to be disloyal to a person like Takapu? Well, well it's, it's typical Donald Trump. It's typical Donald Trump. First of all, why do it today? If you want to bring this lawyer in, let me, I'm not a stupid guy. I've been around more courts than anybody. I've been in courts more than anybody. Why do it today, the day of the arraignment, if you want to bring another attorney that's legally you think is a scholitation, or you could bring in that little fella you have on a show all the time, the, the little guy that wasn't on the island there. What's his name? <laughs> uh, the Harvard Law Professor. Uh, Alan Dershowitz. Yeah, I mean, he's coming like, on at 930. Right, actually. but he's a, he's, a, he's a great lawyer. So somebody like that, if Trump wanted to bring on, or this other guy from the white collar uh, firm there, you bring him in after the arraignment. You don't bring him in right before the arraignment. That's one thing. And no, we know one thing. There's laws in this state. There's been leaks out of this DA's office. I'm calling for the indictment of Bragg for all these leaks coming out of the grand jury. A grand jury's secretive. And all of a sudden, this fat pig is releasing everything. Where is the attack on him? And I'm really pissed off about this. And you want to know something? 75% of people across this country know he's full of crap and all that. Oh, my God. Well, maybe, just... listen, maybe that can come. I mean, is that, and, and again, I'm not a legal guy. My buddies are all legal guys. But is that something that could happen down the road, maybe an indictment of Alvin Bragg? I mean, well, my, my, my fear is this. My fear is we have been talking about this potential indictment, yeah. now the indictment for days and weeks. We've all said the same thing. Based upon what we know, based upon what we know, this is political persecution. Absolutely. This is disgusting. It's everything against the Constitution, the Bill of Rights. So what that says to me is, is it possible that they actually have something? Well, here's what scares me. They waited so long, said. All of a sudden, you had the FBI. We know the FBI is being used by the attorney general. We know they're their running backs right now. And they, they stormed the Mar-a-Lago. They got all this evidence, all this information. And then that led, and again, the accountant. I don't know what else they got, but I'm telling you You're right now. You're talking about the old Jewish guy in Rikers Island. Yeah, they got a lot, <laughs> they got a lot more than you'd think on this indictment. And a lot of that information and evidence, I'm sure, came out of Mar-a-Lago. And they piled that on, piled it on. That's why they wait. There's going to be more surprise 
surprises when those 32 counts come out. 32 from nothing. Right. And this is a pile Well, on. so I'm going to ask you this, then. Yeah. I'm going to ask you to stand in Donald Trump's shoes today. If it was you in that courtroom with Takapina Blanche and Necklace and not Donald Trump, yeah. right now you're about six hours away, would you be nervous? Well, you know what? I'm not nervous. I mean, this is a guy. And we know one thing. Donald Trump's a different animal. And even Barr says he should never even think about testifying during his trial. You can't control Donald Trump. I know him 40 years. He'll turn on you like a snake, like he turned on Pence. As far as that goes now, now I call upon these U.S. attorneys and all the Republican ones and the district attorneys in all the red states. Let's start indicting Biden and his son, because I'm sure they travel through your state. Let's They want to go smack? You hit me? I hit you back. Well, it's funny you, come you say with a that. Gun? I come with a machine gun. It's funny you say that because I had Miranda Devine on the show on Friday. In fact, Tucker Carlson had her on Friday night after me, and she repeated on his show what she told me first, which is, believe it or not, because now they've indicted Trump first. Indicting Joe and Hunter and all these people becomes more difficult because they're going to claim, oh, all this is is tit for tat. We got your guy. Now you're coming after my guy. So you would think it would be easier now. Oh, you got Trump on nothing. We've got a ton on the Bidens. Instead, Devine, who's been doing this case for two-plus years, says it's now more difficult because Trump got indicted first. You know, the the greatest part of this whole thing was listening to Avenatti, this scumbag lawyer that was robbing from the cripple guy, and he's doing 11 years. He came out and said it. He said it better than anybody. When you have a witness that you have to interview 20 times to get the friggin' truth out of him, you, one, one thing you should do, run away! <laughs> run away! He's a damn liar, this Cohen. Cohen, he's a punk liar, and that's what he is. He's having his another day out there, and they act like he's a, a celebrity. He's nothing but a criminal. They got him on all kinds of criminal charges with the time. That's their best witness. Yeah. This is such, it just aggra- aggravates me so much. And you know what? I listen to your show all the time, and I'm more concerned about what's going on around the world right now. I listen to Gordon Chang, and Gordon Chang's one of the best, and you know what's going on. Now we find out that little balloon was sending back messages to China, but the moron, the defense, the head of the defense... (laughs) What's his name? Secretary of Defense Moron, that big bird. Roy jerk. Austin. Yeah, that one. And all of a sudden now, ooh, they were sending back and the things. You know what they got? Let me tell you something. And I don't want to scare people because I listen to Gordon Chang and I do agree with him. China has the development military that will take us out. Will uh, take us out. Hold I don't on. know about they that. They got satellites now. They got Astat satellites. They have these hypersonic missiles. You lob one of those missiles into one of our aircraft carrier battle groups. That thing hits that aircraft carrier, you got 80 fighter jets blown up. You got all our munitions are being wasted over in Ukraine. We got nothing. And you want to know something? They're not going to come like that first. They're going to come and shut down when you turn the lights off. You're oh, going to yeah. have yeah. no light. Then they're going to turn the water system down. They are now. And now you got these guys coming through our southern border with bowls of rice and they, we don't even know who the hell they are. <laughs> Young Chinese guys coming through our southern border and then that moron Mayaka. I love a Cruz. I love Cruz. He chopped him up like the punk he was. And then he was on that CBS Sunday morning. And then you had the other nut, a Fetterman. He's in an insane asylum. The guy with the groat coming out of his <laughs> yes. neck. He's a United States senator. And he's in an insane asylum. I know. And the people yeah. of Pennsylvania, you voted for this idiot. Yeah. And this is what we got. 
This is what we have running everything. And then he actually comes out there. What was it? Leslie Stahl, whatever her name was. Yes. yes. CBS Morning. I watched it every Sunday. About no, 60 Minutes she's on. Gail no, King was. Oh, she was no, on with Gail no, no, King. No, 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 yes. no. This was in the morning. And then all of a sudden, she's going like this. Well, I hear the New York Times has you as best dressed senator. The guy had old dirty shorts with a hoodie on. And he's the best dressed senator. This is the moronic thing. New York Times, you suck, along with the Daily News and Fox News, too. I haven't heard from you guys in a while. Uh, you got your own little problems. <laughs> I heard the indictments are, oh, that, yeah. that case is going good. Bye-bye. Everybody's going to become a rat. You know what's funny oh. is I actually did a story. Yeah. She's a very sweet lady. She's the bureau chief for the city, Emma yeah. something or other, for the New York Times. Yes. Uh, she called me on Friday, and they're doing, a st- they're doing a story. It'll be up this week on me and Eric Adams, the mayor. Yeah. And um, I said a lot of nice things about Adams and all that. But I know you listened this morning, and I'm almost at my wit's end with the mayor. I mean, again, just for repetition's sake, during the summer of 2020 when he was the Brooklyn Borough president and that low-life Bill de Blasio was the mayor, I don't remember Adams and de Blasio and everybody warning people who were smacking innocent people having dinner on the Upper West Side, looting, breaking glass, spitting on cops. I don't remember them saying, hey, control yourselves like the mayor did yesterday, a complete insult to me. Any other Trump supporter, any decent Republican, I don't want to hear about Marjorie Taylor Greene, okay? She's fine. She's not nearly as bad as you make her out to but if you don't like her, that's okay. Don't lump me and the rest of us into that one class. I thought Mayor Eric Adams yesterday was insulting to a bunch of New Yorkers like me. First, let me clarify. I am not a Donald Trump supporter. I'm going to say that first. I am. But but I'm going to say right out. The mayor we have now is our mayor. He's a lot better than Big Bird. I'm just waiting. I'm waiting because I think that he could do good things. He's trying to be everything to everybody. Look at your friend Andrew Como that you glad My friend. Your friend. I'm glad you'll never have you have him on your show. Never. You see him up in the church in Harlem, this How piece gross of was punk. That? On Palm Sunday. On Palm Sunday, he's spooning his stuff, and he's changing everything. When he goes for an interview, I don't know anything about the nurse. You're a damn liar. You're a dead liar, Andrew. You are a liar, okay? If you're right here, I tell you right to your face. I don't think you should have him on your show, Sid. You're the number one show guy. Better guy. (laughs) But now let's talk about. He he almost got his way on. He He was about to come on. He chickened out. And since he's chickened out between not answering one question from Katsimatidis last Thursday and that really disgusting display in church on Palm Sunday. That was horrible. You can uh, you can uh, suck off. That See was ya. horrible. And now we have something else brewing. We got this Gillibrand. I don't even know if she's the United States Senator from New York anymore. No one's seen you for a year. Now it's becoming election day. And guess what? Who's breathing down your neck? That other little commie, AOC. She wants to be now the senator from New York. The problem here is we can't even run a Republican. Look what happened with my friend Lee Zeldin in New York City. 95% of these morons in New York City who are victims of the crime voted against a great guy like Lee Zeldin. So, you know, I'm sorry to say. And I tell you what, the Republican Party of New York State, (laughs) toilet bowl, hey, Ed. You would have, 10 years you were there, you came back. You're like the guy that wakes up. What was this guy's name from uh, the, the scary guy that comes? Jason. You're like, Jason, you're back. You were there 10 years. You turned it into a dolmo. Now you're back. You're not, you're not a very big fan of Ed Cox. No, so. I'm not a big fan because when I ran for me, he did something to me that I will never forget. And that's let's leave it at that. And let me tell you something. 
He is very involved with the Chinese. And, and Ed Cox, I hope that you don't have any involvement with these Chinese communist companies because everyone from China are communist party people. That's why I told my ex-partner, take his bowl of rice and go back to China. That's where you've got to go. And anybody doing any business with China, they are going to kill us. They have a 40-year plan to take over America. Now, all of a sudden, Saudi Arabia's siding with China. I know. Brazil, the dollar's going to become a yin or yang, whatever the hell it's going to be. You can't even have a dollar anymore, right? Oil. Now, all of a sudden, he's got the Saudis. Well, we don't want to sell you any more oil. We're gonna, they are destroying us from every side of it. And then you got this president. I saw him walk out of the White House the other day. The guy was walking into the field. He didn't always go. Finally, he said, Mr. President, this way. He was going to walk into a friggin' tree. This is what's running this government. And right now, he's just with his aviator glasses on there. And instead of him worrying about, instead of him worrying about these children that were gunned down and have a memorial, have those cops in the White House and honor those cops that took the, this idiot, this the thing National out. Police, All yes. of a sudden, what yeah. he was doing Friday? He was recognizing uh, translucent transformers, transformers. I don't even know what they are. I have no idea what the hell is going on in this world with translucent transformer, boy, girl. Now they want our little children, five and six years old. How about let them look at Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck instead of wondering about cutting your penis off? Stop it. Leave these innocent children alone, you fools. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, but you know what? This is the only place that I can really no, I know. talk, and I, I really appreciate it. No, you know, I watch you on TV all the time. You do, like, Newsmax and other shows, and you're great. But clearly, your best work is right here. No, but then I come with the numbers. And when I come with the numbers about 21,000 people being shot last year, these are at CDC, shot. Of those 630 mass shootings, the other 20,000 yeah. was... The ones that happen every day and night that no one cares about the little children, mostly minority, killed in our inner cities. Where's the demonstrations there? I guess we don't kill about, we don't care about young black children being gunned down every day. All we care about is ban our guns. The guns aren't killing people. The murders are that you're letting everyone out. Uh, instead of you worrying about Donald Trump, you fat boy, you should be worried about the murders. How about you downgrading that rape? This guy raped four people. You downgraded it to an assault. One guy was locked up four times loaded guns. You fool. And you let him out with no bail. Stop worrying about Donald Trump, fat boy. Why don't you stop prosecuting these criminals? There you go. That's why people love him. Every Tuesday morning at 740. He's also on in studio 905 on Thursdays. But I'm out you, the next three days. Sid, so. I love you very much. I love you very much. But too. I'm telling you something. I'm nervous. And then the other part about your shows that I listen to. People have to realize we're not going in the right way. No. And your children and my grandchildren and children, mm. we have some we're facing right now. If we lose this next presidential election, oh. that's why I don't want to vote for Trump, because he's a loser. we <laughs> got to get a candidate, a moderate. Manchin, turn into a Republican, Manchin. Come back to Earth. They screwed you over. They promised you your coal mines were going to work. Then all of a sudden, that lion Schumer said, don't worry, Manchin. We're going to give you funds from the federal government. They didn't give them to your mansion. Now you got no coal mines working because they turned on you. <laughs> they, they, they turned on you. Run for president. Run for the Republican nomination. Run, and I'll support you. All right. That's why I'm uh, going to London. I'm going to visit Ava in London tonight. I'm going to send Gabe to school in London, too. I'm going to buy myself a little flat right there in the U.K. And while the Americans, uh, while America burns to the ground, 
I'll be going for tea in the afternoon in the U.K. Bo, I love you. Another amazing appearance. Just you amazing. Just, you just have a I safe trip. And Thank you'll you. be back. Thank I'm you. not going to do Thursday because you're not going to be Thank here. Thank you. And I, uh, and I will get a little operation on Friday. Hey, I'll good, be luck, right. good luck to well, you. Well, listen to me. Very serious. All your listeners out here, our world is turning so fast, and we have to realize, and all evil people in New York City, I don't care if black, white, Hispanic, Asian, whatever, you got to realize something. We don't turn this direction. We're finished. Yeah. No, we're right. On no, all no aspects argument. of the economy, our strength, our military, and China will walk all over us, yep. and that's the way it's going to be. No matter hypersonic missiles are very hard to stop, and they got them. They got them. All right, we got a lot more to come. Excellent job there by Bo Deedle. Monica Crowley still going to stop by. Bill O'Reilly, he's going to stop by, make a special Tuesday appearance. Alan Dershowitz, he's going to stop by, and a few more surprises along the way. Only halfway through, been a phenomenal two hours with Brian Kilmeade, Arthur Idala, and Bo Deedle. Second half of the Tuesday edition of Sid and Friends in the Morning, about to come your way. News, opinion, and information. Never miss a headline. Like 77 WABC on Facebook. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. It will be interesting to see how they handle this in the U.K., London, England, Wales. I'll be in all those places. Starting later on tonight, really excited, actually. I miss my daughter so much, and, and it's been uh, way too long. So, And I'm um, kind of uh, I'm tired. So, you know, this whole uh, Trump thing, it's, it's, it's enough. I haven't taken a day off, and it feels like years. Uh, well, since Bernard passed away, God rest his soul. So looking forward to see how they handle this. Outside this country, my my thought is, is that a lot of these countries, we become the laughing stock. I did ask this of Gordon Chang last week. If he thinks, you know, Xi Jinping is laughing in China, he said yes. Putin is laughing in Russia, he said yes. And of course they are. A former president being arraigned today for seemingly nonsense. Now, again, the indictment is still sealed. Maybe they've got something we don't know. Maybe. Maybe Alvin Bragg is about to shock the world, that fat loser. Maybe he is. Uh, we, as of right now, it looks like they've got nothing. But uh, we'll see, because the president should be on his way to court with uh, Takapina, Todd, and Susan about 1 o'clock. Juan Mershon is the judge. Arraignment uh, set to start about 2.15. If it starts at 2.15, it could be over by as early as 2.30. Not long after that, President Trump will be on his way back to Florida about the same time I'm on my way to London. And uh, later on tonight at about 8.30, President Trump will speak to the nation. Alvin Bragg will hold the press conference around 3.30 once the arraignment is over. 
and Trump has left the courthouse. So my next guest used to work for Donald Trump for many years with Mnuchin, all those folks. She's an economic genius, a great talk show host, has her own podcast. I've been a guest on that, the Monica Crowley podcast. Really one of my favorites in the business, Monica Crowley, here on this uh, Tuesday morning. Monica, good morning. How are you, sweetie? Oh, that's so sweet of you. Good morning, Sid. I'm doing great. Thanks. Well, you're welcome, and I meant everything I said. It's it's great to have you on this really historic and uh, wild Tuesday morning in New York City. I'll repeat what I just said. It looks like this is a complete joke. My fear is is that they've got something to make it not a joke. Do you think that the president is worried about that this morning despite his brave face, or do you think they really think this thing has nothing, nothing there? Well, you know, there's no tougher fighter than Donald Trump, and he has proved that throughout his life and career, and certainly over the last eight years since he first came down that golden escalator in June of 2015 announcing that he was running for president. Um, you know, nobody nobody takes it like Donald Trump. And honestly, Sid, I've been around, and I know you've been around, politicians, presidents for many years. We've seen it all. We're New Yorkers. We've seen it all. We've met them all. I don't know of a single individual who could have withstood and continues to withstand what Donald Trump is withstanding. Right. I just don't. Anybody else would have buckled. Um, so that being said, look, that you have not just the New York case, which is coming down today, but you've got the Georgia case. You've got the DOJ case. You've got the January 6th case. This is a major pylon of this yeah. man to try to kneecap him um, from running and winning again. And honestly, Sid, this is how powerful Donald Trump is. And this is how much of a threat he is to the entire corrupt ruling class, from the deep state to the administrative state to the propaganda press to the globalists. All of them are absolutely petrified of him. They were caught flat-footed in 2016, and they vowed never to allow that to happen again. That's what this case is all about. Now, that being said to your question, look, Trump is tough as nails, but he's still a human being. And he knows that these these cases have real consequences. And what are the consequences? First of all, it's all meant to distract him, to drain his resources so he's not focused on his campaign and doesn't have the, the tremendous amount of resources to, to wage campaign because it's all going to be directed into the, fighting these cases. But also the consequence could be, out of any of these things, prison. And you know what, Sid, as far as I know, I am the very first person to go on national TV in March of 2017. I was on with Sean Hannity, and I said their objective is not just to undermine and destroy his presidency, which, of course, it was, but it was to put this man behind bars. That is the only way that they feel like they can stop him. And over the last couple of years, Sid, they have thrown the kitchen sink at this man, hoping to destroy him. And the fact he is still standing has them outraged, and that's why they're throwing now all the legal kitchen sinks at him. And that's why uh, I find myself rooting for President Trump even more and more. You know, you also, there's another case out there, folks don't realize this, but my dear friend of 43 years, Joseph Tacopina, who's really become lead counsel for Trump, and if, in fact, this goes to trial, he will be the trial attorney in this case, not Blanche or not Necklace. But he initially hired Joe Tacopina for another case, which starts in about three weeks, 
where President Trump was accused of committing rape. Some lady from 27 years ago claimed he raped her and burned off Goodman's in some back closet or something. And that's why Takapina was initially hired. Not even for this case. That is also three weeks away. So add a fourth case to the ones you just mentioned, January 6th, Mar-a-Lago, Georgia, and New York City. They really are trying everything to ruin this man. And all he's doing on a daily basis is garnering more support. I'm not going to use the word sympathy. Garnering more support, people like me, who now are dug in deep to make sure Trump not only wins all these cases, but wins the presidency. There is a superhero whose name escapes me now, Sid, but there is a superhero where every time he gets hit, he gets stronger. And that is Donald Trump. Remember, we saw a similar dynamic with Bill Clinton when Bill Clinton was going through the Lewinsky scandal and the impeachment and everything. His numbers went up. There is a human reaction to somebody who's being piled on, somebody who's being accused, somebody is, you know, and especially when it is a president. So in the Clinton case or or the Trump case, there is a rallying around the president kind of effect that happens. And you don't want to use the word sympathy, but I'll use a version of that. These people, Trump's enemies, um, are doing the almost impossible, which is turning Donald Trump into a sympathetic Sympathetic, figure. Yep, true. I know, I said it. Yeah, I know. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. (laughs) And you know what, Sid? They can't not do it. They can't. Look, they know that every time they've hit him, they've made him stronger, and yet they can't help themselves. They can't not do it because they are consumed with, let's put it this way. Nobody has stopped to think, why have they piled on Donald Trump? And, yes, they hate him personally. They hate his personal wealth. They hate his family. They hate, they hate everything about him. But the bigger reason why they keep targeting him is because he is an existential threat to the entire corrupt ruling class. Yep. And he is a huge threat to their absolute grip on power and their corrupt gravy train that continues to enrich and empower them. So he comes in, he's a massive disruptor, and he's there to represent you and me, Sid. He's no doubt. He's not there to represent the That's New right. York Times right. or the globalist no. community. No. He's there to represent us, and therefore he must be destroyed. Well said, Monica Crowley. Check her out, folks, the Monica Crowley podcast. How many days a week, is, again, is that, Monica? Is that two or three days? Oh, thanks, Sid. It's three days, Monday, Wednesday, right. Friday. Right. I got a great show yesterday, and you can imagine tomorrow's show is all going to be about this, and you're not going to want to miss a second of it. Well, you know, besides this, I had uh, Katz Matidis on yesterday, and uh, you're one of the brilliant economic minds today. I bring on all kinds of folks who discuss the markets and banks from Insana to uh, Gasparino to Cudlow and, and all these folks, uh, even Dobbs. But uh, you're as good, if not better, than all of them. And we find out yesterday that the Saudis are cutting oil production, that uh, it's down. Depletion is a big issue now. We're down to uh, where we were back in 1983, 40 years ago. This is going to clobber Americans at the pump. We know that. And it also turns out just a couple of weeks ago that both China and Brazil decided not to use American currency as a backup anymore. So while all of us are watching this Trump drama going on in Manhattan, the truth is, on a much more serious note, the economic world is about to fall apart. Give me some good news, something. 
This is, I wish I could, but this is, you pointed to this, and I did a segment on Fox Friends that went viral about a week ago on this. Nobody is paying attention to a process known as de-dollarization. The the U.S. dollar has been the world's reserve currency since the end of World War II. And there are a couple of things backing that up, Sid. One, that we were on the gold standard. Nixon took us off 50 years ago. So there is no hard asset backing up the U.S. dollar for the last 50 years. But the other things backing up the dollar were America's economic strength and power and the fact that oil is traded in dollars. Okay, so you've got those two things. Now, we've got economic slide in the United States, thanks to Joe Biden. Really, we've got a perfect storm. We've got Biden's weakness. We've got his war on um, U.S. energy, domestic energy production. We've got the Ukraine war, and we've got our enemies led by China, but also including Russia, Iran, and the rest, who are coming together to trade oil in currencies other than the U.S. dollar. All it would take is Saudi Arabia to say, you know what, we're going to consider other currencies to trade oil, and they've already indicated an interest in that. If they do that, you will have an economic implosion that is not to be believed. And the effect on on the average American, on you and me, is going to be hyperinflation, like Weimar Republic-level inflation that will make today's inflation look like child's play. It will be an economic collapse globally and certainly here in the United States. And nobody is paying close attention to that, Sid. We're all focused on this Trump circus. Nobody is focused on that or any of the other catastrophes that Biden has created. No, I know. But staying with the economy, forgetting about the other catastrophes, which include wars everywhere and and, uh, race divide and all kinds of horrible things here. I mean, the banks just collapsed a couple of weeks ago. Two of them, of course, Signature Bank and the SBB Bank as well. And uh, I was saying to John yesterday, I said, is the fix, Monica Crowley, is the oil fix as easy as drilling here? reopening the pipelines like Keystone. If he did stuff like that, which he won't do, we know that because it worked for Trump. And if it worked for Trump, he'd rather the United States fall apart than do something that worked for Trump. But if he did something like that, would that lessen some of this pressure? Well, yes, but remember on day one, he killed the Keystone Pipeline and then began waging a broader war on U.S. domestic energy production, on the fossil fuel industry, oil and natural gas waged a total war on that, crushing that industry. Now, it's still going, but it's really crippled under this administration. And so if he were to reverse course, you would see the American economy begin to turn around almost overnight. But he will not do that. And keep in mind, he won't do that because this is a deliberate takedown of the United States. Nobody wants to think that their president is deliberately destroying their own country, but that is exactly what's happening here. And everybody everybody better wake up. You know what? If people say, oh, Monica, you're crazy. This is just incompetence. Really? He has been in office for over two years now, Sid. All of these policies are producing these horrendous results for the country and for the average American. You would think that any politician... Um, having these kinds of destructive and failing policies would course correct. They would change course just out of a view of like political survival for himself and his party, right? Even Jimmy Carter changed course at the end. This guy has not lifted a finger to change course in any direction, economically, energy production, the border, crime, 
everywhere you look, he is staying on course. Why? Because this is a revolution to change the country. And they feel, they honestly feel that they lost four years under Donald Trump. <laughs> he turned the country around yeah. and delivered yeah. peace yep. and prosperity, yeah. right? Yeah. They figured mm. that they lost those four years, it and is. that's why under Biden they were moving with all deliberate speed. Yeah, you know, with 60 seconds to go, I, I have family members that hate Donald Trump, a sister I love very much. I've got people who are friends and associates that live in my mother's community in upstate New York that I've known for 40 years. They despise Donald Trump. And you just talked about what Biden has done in two years. It has been a disaster, a real disaster. And yet they hate Donald Trump so much that they are willing to say Biden is doing a good job. And worse than that, willing to celebrate what's going on today when any decent American, any bipartisan decent American knows what they're doing to Donald Trump today is absolutely despicable. But some of these people, they just won't quit, Monica. They won't. Well, here's what to tell them. You tell them today it's Donald Trump and tomorrow it's you. Wow. Because they are warping this system. They are taking away your freedoms. And you might cheer today, but it's like that old analogy, I think, that came from Winston Churchill that said, people keep feeding the alligator, hoping that the alligator eats them last. Well, guess what? The alligator is coming for you, too. If we don't stop this, this is not about Donald Trump. It's about the deliberate implosion of our country and the rule of law, and they better care about it. Just uh, so you know, just emphasize how right you are. Even the Washington Post wrote something yesterday that said exactly what you just said. This is bigger than Donald Trump, and it is a sad, sad day in America as we get set for the president to be arraigned coming up in about six hours. As always, Monica Crowley, not good, great You're brilliant. I love you. Thank you so much for stopping by today. We'll do this again very soon. And we'll all tune in three days a week to the Monica Crowley podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure, Sid. Thank you. Thank you. The great Monica Crowley right here. Continuing a great uh, list of guests today. But a great show already. Brian Kilmeade, Arthur Idala, Bo Deedle, Monica Crowley all stopping by. And still a couple of big guns to come. Bill O'Reilly's on every Thursday morning, but because I'm taking the next three days off, Bill O'Reilly, kind enough to change his schedule. He'll join me coming up at 840. That is the ratings grabber of the week. And then another huge attorney, Alan Dershowitz, makes another visit coming up at 930. We are New York's number one talk show by a distance. We're sitting friends in the morning, only right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Friends in the morning, 77 WABC. Nothing so loud. Tearing when we lie. Truth is not kind. And you said neither am I. And yet outside so soft.
Little told the wet sprocket for you on this historic sunny day in New York City. President Trump to be arraigned now in just under six hours. God damn it, this tooth is killing me, Justin. You've done nothing for me today. Nothing. Well, I'll call in uh, 32 minutes. What are you going to say? I'm going to say my son is um, he's got a toothache and he needs uh, he needs to get it checked out. No, no, you need to be more specific. Do you realize that I've done two and a half hours? Again, the likes of Brian Kilmeade, Arthur Idala, Bo Deedle, Monica Crowley. I'm still going to do Bill O'Reilly, Alan Dershowitz. Yep. And as always, I've kept this audience thoroughly entertained. Well, you don't need to tell me. Well, mm. and I've done all me. that with uh, with not one but two teeth killing me. Yeah. We have to explain. On the right side, he took the tooth out. Like Walt Frazier, on the right side, he took the tooth out on the right side. And then uh, the cap, I think I ate it last night. No, 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 no. Well, I, I was uh, eating my, my – I eat gummies. Uh, yeah. Well, I eat gummies, edibles anyway, but this was the melatonin to go to bed. Right. And then it got crunchy, the melatonin. <laughs> so and, what's uh, the cat made out of? Well, I don't know. Enamel, I guess. I don't know. I have no idea, but I woke up this morning, and I had this awful taste in my mouth. Uh-huh. And then uh, when I put the cold water in after I brushed my tevises, it was uh, – I, I nearly jumped through the ceiling from the pain. So, <laughs> What are you laughing at? I just pictured you <laughs> shooting through the ceiling because of the pain. And that's funny. Yeah, that's hilarious, actually. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Did you wake up Danielle when you did that? Don't worry what I did, okay, dick face? Well. Just call the dentist and uh, get this fixed. I Because I believe, Justin, that uh-huh. at altitudes of greater than 30,000 feet, which I'll be up later on this afternoon, that the pain gets worse. You have no idea. Yeah, what I don't. Yeah. They, they can treat you up there in the plane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What are the odds as a dentist on the flight? That's Zero. actually pretty good, to be honest with you. <laughs> you know that uh, screaming Chinese guy from a couple of years ago that went nuts on the flight? Yeah. Wasn't that guy a dentist or a doctor or something? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Like, no, they, that poor guy, they like accosted him, the marshals, and he started screaming, bloody murder. Oh, he was he was en route to somewhere. Right? He yeah. Was, he was moved around. Well, they, they asked they, him to leave, and he's right. like, I'm not leaving. He's like, ah! <laughs> well, den- dentists uh, tend to be pretty angry at the world because they get frowned upon by other i saw you did they're frowned upon mds yeah why is that it's a very important job that yeah you? but it's it's i think uh, other doctors look at it as like a cop-out that's not true is it yeah i think so is your father a doctor he hates dentists no my dad's a lawyer oh well, how do you think how do you think people look at lawyers oh uh, not not well no yeah. do you have a dentist in your family can you send somebody over here no lewis you uh, I've been on the phone with several prospects. <laughs> it's not looking good. It's How about you, good. Noam? What can you do for me? I, I don't know any dentists. He's too worried about putting people on the streets and, uh, you know, the Tribeca of Marjorie Taylor Green in the courthouse. Meantime, my, my tooth is on fire. You know what? You're right about being in the air, that it hurts more when you're flying up. You know how, like, you, your head sort of pressurizes? Yes, you feel yes, that thing? Yes. So you would feel the pain much more if you're in a plane I thought that was flying. The case. That's true. So you, it is true. Yeah. So I got to get to the dentist yeah, before I leave. You better. People actually say that's why the Mile High Club, when uh, people have sex on an airplane, they say that the orgasm is even better because of the altitude. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> how, about yeah, how, you know. how about when your tooth is about to explode, too? <laughs> well, if you can have them both at the same time, wow, that's, 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 tooth. that's one That's one <laughs> hell of an orgasm. Hey. Now we're talking. Hey, All right. who needs a dentist? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ay, ay, ay. All I know is uh, me and Trump. <laughs> me and Trump going to be up in the air at the same time today. Trump, are you going to be on his way back to Palm Beach? And I'm going to be on my way to London. And, um, well, how's that going to go? 
Well, but if you look out the window, you just see, like, that obnoxious Trump plane. Yeah. Just... No, I love that plane. I love Trump. Yeah. I actually was thinking today, if I wasn't going to visit my daughter today, if I would actually make my way to one of these rallies, especially the one with Marjorie Taylor Greene, and I think I probably would. I mean, I, I don't know. It would, it would be good fodder for the show, obviously. But now that I'm off the next three days, I don't care about the show. <laughs> Which every host feels that way. I know people hate that, like station owners, and they don't want to hear that, you know. But I'm just, listen, I hate to tell you, I'm honest. I've been doing this a long time, almost 25 years. I've enjoyed success in a lot of markets. I know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying, though? I do. What do you got? Do you got something for me? If you want it. I do, of course. Okay. So your mom has been alone for a while, right? Your father passed away, was it two years ago? Uh, it'll be three years in July. Three years ago. So you ever think about what it might be like if she were to go date somebody? You know, I, I have thought about that. My grandmother, my father's mother, I talk about her often on this show, the evil grandma Anne. She was one of the worst people God ever created. I mean, just a horrible person. And my grandfather, Meyer, who I love desperately, that poor guy wasn't even in the box yet. And she was banging some guy in Delray <laughs> Beach. Good for her. She was like 80 years old. She had right. like nine guys. They all took her to Poppy's for breakfast, got herself a nice lock sets and onions, <laughs> went to the Dollar Theater. Right. And then who knows what. I mean, I went to visit her once for four days in Delray Beach. I found sex toys. Oh, come on. I swear to God. <laughs> no, what a fun That's revelation. Awesome. <laughs> 83 years old. Grandma. Jeez. <laughs> what do you ask anyway? What's well, because we found this woman, 93 years old. Her name is Lillian Droniak. She lives in Shelton, Connecticut. And she's been trying to find a guy to date. So she went to social media. She set up a TikTok account. And uh, here was what she was looking for. He's got to floss every single day. I don't want to kiss him with dirty teeth. No. He's got to have a cat or a dog. He's got to pay for all the drinks. <laughs> if he doesn't call me pretty all the time, I don't want nothing to do with him. So uh, we reached oh, out to her. Lady. Yeah, we reached out to her, and she actually found somebody who was willing to go on a date with her. So uh, because she's become this TikTok star, she filmed it on TikTok. Get ready with me. My first date in 25 years. And he's going to pick me up in 20 minutes. I'm getting nervous now. I met him at Bingo, and that's the way it goes. Powder, powder, powder. Let me show you my outfit. This is my outfit. This is my outfit. Okay. If he doesn't like it, he could leave. Yeah, okay. So she looked pretty good as she got ready She's for her date. How old is she again? She's 93 years old. Yeah. So the guy comes and pick her up, and, and, you know, all of us are waiting to find out how this date went. And it, <laughs> unfortunately, uh -oh. it did not, it did oh, not no. go well. Yeah. Here, she, here she is describing it. I was sorry that I went out with him. I said, I'm not going out with him anymore. He doesn't open the door for you. He don't get the chair for you to sit down. He <laughs> ain't a gentleman. You don't even know it when you go out. That's how you find out. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so 25 years she waited for a date. Uh, it didn't go well, but it doesn't end all bad. Oh, really? Yeah, huh? because she decided, look, I can't find somebody. I'm 93 years old, so you know what? I'm going to go visit my dead husband in the cemetery. <laughs> and here's what that sounded like. Get ready with me. I'm going to the cemetery. I'm going to go visit my husband. So I got to look good. It's my outfit for the cemetery. I hope the ghosts like it. I hope they're not jealous because I'm alive. That's why I didn't dress too fancy. I slay while they lay. 
<laughs> she slays. I hope the ghosts like it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. She slays <laughs> as they lay. Where does she live? She lives in the Shelton. Uh, Shelton, Connecticut, right? Yeah, you know, I was talking to her. She wants to come on, but she couldn't do it today. So oh, you we'll got to get her on. Time. Yeah. You, you, you got to get her on. Yeah. I'll have uh, one of the guys on my show take her out for a date. <laughs> Gladly. <laughs> Justin, you're single, right? Justin's single, and Gladly. so is Macedonia Bill. I could use an older woman in my life. Why not? Why not? She's got a couple of bucks. You should right? load it. What's that? She's loaded. Uh, then sign me up. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. will be like, uh, what was... Uh, what was that blonde girl who ended up dead at the the hotel in Hollywood, the Hard Rock? Anna Nicole Smith. Yes. You could be the reverse. You could be the boy version of Anna Nicole Smith. Right. And I'm just, I'm really uh, kind of just as good looking in a male sort of perspective. Not really. No, you don't think so? No. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't call me a, a buxom blonde? No. Uh, I mean, I think you're handsome. You, you, uh, there are days you look like, what, what's that actor I always say you look like? Um, Jake Gyllenhaal. You look like Jake Gyllenhaal, yeah. Oh, I can see that. He's a good looking guy. Thanks. Yeah. But uh, you just you you, know, you dress horribly and and um, your facial hair is stupid. Why does every young guy today do that? I mean, I, I was out uh, two days ago with Danielle. It was like Sunday or something. Every guy looks the same. They all look the same. They grow these horrible beards that are barely barely manicured. They got hair all over their face. They never cut the hair on top of their head. They dress for garbage. You all look and you could be worth a billion dollars or a dollar, and all you kids look the same. It's amazing. Why, what's so bad about having a little bit of color, shaving, dressing nicely? I'm not uh, just knocking you, Justin, but you all look the same. Why is that? What is this fascination with looking like crap? Uh, uh, um, well, I clean up pretty nice, actually. Right. So shave your face, cut your hair, yeah. but you just you look dirty. You know? but, your whole, but the whole generation looks like that. I look dirty. Yes. Mm. There are guys wearing suits and ties right now that are worth a lot of money. Yeah. Sitting in board meetings, traveling, you know, and they just look dirty. It's yeah. Gross. All right. Well, um, <laughs> stupid. I'll, uh, I'll, oh, no, you, do you agree with me? I, I kind of do. I know actually. you. All yeah. right. Everybody, yeah, okay. All right. I don't get it. So you come back on Monday. I'll be cleanly shaven. I'll get a haircut, and uh, I'll <laughs> be wearing a suit to work. Yeah. I've heard that before. Seventy-seven WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Uh, nicely done, Lewis. As we continue my UK music today, on my way to London this afternoon with my beautiful wife, Danielle and Gabriel, to see our daughter, Ava. She turns 19 on Friday, tomorrow night, Passover. This is Wings, Paul McCartney, and Jet. Bill O'Reilly is on this show every Thursday. He gets the biggest ratings of the week on a show that gets huge ratings. And he's kind enough being him out the next three days to uh, schedule change and join me on a Tuesday morning at this time. So listen, folks, whether it's 9 p.m. weeknights on WABC or his own website, BillOReilly.com, interviews, TV shows, columns, nobody better, or traveling the road, quite frankly, with President Trump. He's the best ever. He'll always be the best ever. He's my dear friend, Bill O'Reilly. Good morning, Bill. Hey, you know, I like Bo Deedle's imitation of Ralph Cramden uh, this morning. <laughs> I know you heard that. Zoom. Um, 
Bo got a little out of control. Is he? Uh, yeah. yeah. It's funny. He he he'll sit there and he's fine, and then it's like you remember Sam Kinison. He jumps into his body like the Rodney Dangerfield movie Back right. to School, and he goes nuts. He's very entertaining. But look, you know, he, he speaks for a lot of people. Sure. But where he where he has made my listeners angry is is he's not a Trump guy. See, I'm still on the Trump bandwagon. He's off of it. So while he understands what's happening today isn't right, he's still not really a Trump guy. Well, I don't know why you would hold that against him. I don't. Um, Donald Trump governed well, as we've discussed on this program many times, but he does create chaos, and some people object to that. So I always step back and say, okay, what is better for the entire country well, certainly Trump's policies were dramatically better than Biden's. There's no – and anybody who doesn't know that doesn't want to know it. You know, people believe what they want to believe, even if it's insane. So that's that category. But there's no doubt that uh, Donald Trump, as a citizen and as president, you know, creates turmoil. And there are times when turmoil is not good in a country, and – People have to make that decision. So, I, I you know, I understand yeah. why people yeah. might not support Donald Trump. No, me too. It doesn't bother me. Peter King's in the same boat. And by the way, creating turmoil, he was my friend, uh, Bill, of 43 years. I mean, since we're in the fourth grade, Joseph Takapina and I are best friends. And he's done everything right, Takapina, for weeks. He's on every single show. He went on with Ari Melber and Al Sharpton on MSNBC defending Donald Trump. And here we are, hours before the arraignment, and Trump brings in another attorney. Now, Takapina kind of brushed it off like, okay, whatever. But there's a lot of folks in the community saying, well, it's kind of disloyal to Takapina after what he's done the last couple of weeks. Any thoughts on trumping in an attorney the last second? No, because I don't know what the expertise of the new attorney is. So a lot of times there are various um, areas where uh, you have a team and that's what they specialize in. Well, so I, I can I, tell you this. This guy that came in, Todd Blanche, is a white-collar attorney. And what I read, at least, Bill, what impressed Donald Trump was he actually represented Paul Manafort and was able to get Manafort off on a bunch of white-collar charges. Yeah, and that's probably what it is. So Takapina will, will still be the lead attorney. But I don't know. I'm not in that world. I don't know what they're doing. You mentioned an interesting name, Al Sharpton. Um, so for decades, Al Sharpton has not paid his taxes. Everybody knows that. He's been fined. He still owes a colossal amount of money to the IRS. Uh, any other person would have been sanctioned uh, and brought in on federal charges, not him. So when you hear this, well, nobody's again above the law, that just drives me absolutely insane. Let me give you one stat, and I used this yesterday. I don't want to be repetitive, but this is this just nails it down for everybody who uh, would ever say uh, no one's above the law. In the George Floyd riots, there were more than 17,000 people arrested. You know how many went to jail? Five. Two. <laughs> I was close. Okay. So it's a joke, and it's, it's insulting. Well, that's why I was so angry this morning with the mayor. I mean, you know, here I am. You know this. It's been in every newspaper for months that he and I have gotten close and we have dinners. All that is true. But for him to come out you know, yesterday and start berating me, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greenfine, but people like me, and you better be careful and don't treat our streets like it's blah, blah, blah. 
Where the hell was that in the summer of 2020, Bill? Look, Adams, and again, I've said this before, I hate to be repetitive, but he's a product of the machine. All right? <laughs> he's the product yeah. of the Democratic machine. So whatever he says, I, I don't really react because I understand where this is coming from. What we need in New York is a real independent mayor. I mean, somebody who's not beholden to either side and, and who can come in and say, look, I'm going to represent the people of New York City. I agree. Now, as far as uh, Congresswoman Green is concerned, I mean, she should be warned that we don't want violence in New York City. Right? I think that's fair. Now, she's free to hold a demonstration and to voice her displeasure. Certainly you and I are doing that in a much wider forum than she'll have. Right. But she should be told. Yeah, but, but my, here's my issue. You, you say she should be told. Yeah. Let me, let, let, you could put this money in the bank bill and start collecting interest right now. If Maxine Waters was holding something across the street or Chuck Schumer at a rally, you can bet your last dollar that Eric Adams would not be warning them to make sure there's no violence. That's my issue. If you're going to go after MTG, that's fine. Treat the Democrats the same way, and they don't do it. They don't do it. Well, that's because he's a product of the machine. That's my issue. And, and, and so that's where it all goes back to. We understand who they are. Now, again, I'm, I'm a person who wants the best for New York. I mean, I want the best for everybody. And if somebody disagrees with me about Trump, I'm willing to listen up to a certain extent. Um, and, you know, consider, all right, so you place uh, decorum above performance. Is that correct? Yes. That shuts them up, yes. by the way. Yes. If you're having a debate with somebody who hates Trump and then you look at them and you go, if it's Trump and Biden, you're going to vote for Biden, right? That's right, I'll vote for Biden. Okay. <laughs> So you place decorum, the fact that Biden can't even speak and they don't want him to speak, and they lock him in a cellar in a White House, over performance. Is that what you're telling me? And then there's silence from my debate partner because you can't say, well, Biden's policies are better than Trump's. If you did, look, if you do that, then you have to go to an island somewhere <laughs> yeah. by yourself and kind of just wander the beach. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I tell you, though, uh, getting back to Trump for a second, his real supporters, I mean, the MTGs of the world, they're convinced there's nothing here. This is a witch hunt. It's political persecution. I'm kind of in that camp, too, that Alvin Bragg is just reaching. But then I'm hearing from other Trump supporters who are not nearly as, I'll use the word, crazy, who are really concerned that maybe over the last couple of days, Bragg and the DA's office really did find something. Where does Bill O'Reilly stand? I don't know. Yeah. That's where O'Reilly stands. And I don't bloviate if I don't know. So we'll know uh, when Bragg holds the press conference at 3.15 this afternoon. You know, and I would assume that the reporters, at least a few of them, are going to ask questions that are that are hard questions, not just kisses. But um, and I'll be watching that thing really closely to see, to evaluate the reporters and the questioning. Bragg's not a glib man. I mean, he's not uh, someone who's articulate. 
He got elected because he was a machine guy backed by Soros money. And it's funny. Soros go, I don't even know, Bragg. I don't even know who he is. Yeah. <laughs> he got, yeah. Yeah. got a half a million dollars from Color of Change, which <laughs> which Soros funds. Yep. Yep. And three days after Soros, after uh, Color of Change says, we're going to put a million dollars, okay, into getting these guys like uh, – Bragg elected, Soros writes a check for a million dollars. I mean, you, you don't have to be Elliot Ness to figure this out. <laughs> yeah. All right? Yeah. So anyway, um, I don't know what is in the indictment. I do know that if it was anyone else, Bragg would not bring it. Right. Anybody I do else. know that. Right. right. This, is, this is strictly because he's Donald Trump and he's yes, a threat. That's, that's right. Yeah. So, again, the other back and forth is... This is going to make Trump stronger. That seems to be the consensus. But there are some that say, well, slow down, tough guy. You got you got this. You got the rape case, which he originally hired Joe Tacopino for, not this case. That comes up in about three weeks. That lady from Bergdorf Goodman from 27 years ago. You've got Georgia. You've got Mar-a-Lago. You've got January 6th. And he's still a human being. And you can only take so many bullets without eventually falling. That's true, and it's the uh, rules of radical Saul Alinsky keep the pressure on, okay? That if, if, and listeners uh, to sit in friends um, should look up Saul Alinsky rules of radicals, and there's, a, there's an actual pamphlet that says here's how you destroy your opposition, and one of them is you keep the pressure on, you keep the pressure on. Short term, Trump gets help by this, so he gets money for his campaign, and that helps him pay his lawyers um and all of that short term and then he spikes in the polls you've already done but long term we don't know now i have been told by people who are you know fairly sophisticated that the federal government does not like this brag prosecution because it basically taints all prosecutions going forward so nobody on the trump side is going to believe any of this they're just going to put it under the witch hunt category and as you know i just finished writing it'll be on september a book called killing the witches right all right which will really explain what a witch hunt is and how it works but anyway so you can't predict how this is going to play out no. um no. politically mm. and i think the biggest danger trump has is the special prosecutor jack smith putting a conspiracy charge against him for January 6th, because that's an easy charge. Conspiracy could be anything. Right, right. All right, Georgia, they're going to have a problem, because I heard these two phone calls. They're not criminal to me. It's like the Ukraine stuff, which was total BS. Um, and uh, Bergdorf Goodman said, really? Um, I, you know. I mean, please. Sorry, I'm skeptical, but, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I know. You know, Trump could afford uh, a hotel. You know, you don't have to go to Bergdorf's. You don't, you don't have to do that. Oh, it's ridiculous. I know. It's all ridiculous. But I, thought, I know. Yeah, but DeSantis, when he got indicted last week, so DeSantis, I was giving him credit. I go, look, it took the governor of Florida, two seconds. The governor of Florida, who, by the way, has been getting punched in the face by Trump for months. He's relentless. And it took DeSantis two seconds to say, let me say this. I am not going to get involved in any extradition. I am not sending marshals to his house. Seemingly very, very uh, supportive of President Trump. Yet I've had people told me the last couple of days, not really. If you really watch him and listen, it was very tepid. What did you think? Well, he was on Long Island on Saturday. DeSantis, he just laid out brag. I thought he was fine. 
Sanders knows he can't win unless he gets MAGA voters, so of course he's going to do that. That's not sophisticated uh, political science. Um, And, you know, maybe DeSantis is telling the truth. Maybe that's how he feels. I feel that way. Yeah. Um, And, again, I mean, I'm not a person, if I felt that Donald Trump did commit a crime that had any impact on anybody— then I would change my opinion about this, yeah, and yeah. I might after the indictment's unsealed. Well, but right so, now, right now, we, we it's ridiculous. So. It, it's yeah. contrived. Contrived, yeah. All right, let's, let's spend the last couple of minutes talking about your trip here, okay? Because I'm a little nervous now. Why? You're going to London, right? That's correct. Okay, okay. Now you're meeting with Prince Charles. Is he? Because uh, uh, Sid and friends, he's got to be one of your friends. <laughs> Well, so you go, if, if he invites me to the coronation, he could be a friend. Yes, and, and Biden's not going to the coronation. And right away, the right-wingers came out and said, oh, no, no president has ever gone to a British king or queen's coronation. Is that true? Never. Ever wow. in the history of this country. And that's why you have me on, because I actually know the history of this country. <laughs> right. So are you going to, like, wander around Trafalgar Square with yes. the family? And, yes. And, yeah? Yeah. It's, it's a tourism thing? And, yeah. <laughs> There's actually a place we like. It's uh, it's called Sherlock Holmes, and it's a little bar pub restaurant right in Trafalgar Square. It's one of our favorite places. Yeah. So we'll spend some time there. But don't forget, we're actually spending less time in London and more time in Wales, which is about a two-hour train ride from London because that's where Ava goes to school, Cardiff. Oh, yes. so you're going to Wales. Yes. you got to get a big accent for Wales. <laughs> the most famous Welshman is Tom Jones. Can you do the little dance that Tom does? It's not unusual. Can she's you a that? lady. Whoa, whoa, whoa. She's a lady. They're going to love you there. <laughs> They're going to love you. Do the Tom Jones thing on the train. Everybody will go wild. I'm uh, I'm very excited about going. I really am. I miss my daughter, and it's a lovely country. And to be honest, being out of here the next couple of days is not a horrible idea. No, I mean, no, it's a nice break for Passover. Right. And, uh, um, you know, I don't know if you're going to have a lot of uh, company on Passover in Wales. So <laughs> I, I I don't know. You know. You know what's funny about that? Didn't, wait, didn't Moses part the North Sea? Yes, what? yes. No, no, it was the Red Sea. But all these European countries, yeah. uh, cities, I should say, London, Paris, you know this, they all have a little enclave, a couple of yeah. blocks, which are like Orthodox Jewish people. It's like Borough Park, and they've got yeah. that in London. In, in, in London, it's Golders Green. There you go, Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> I lived there for a year. Yes. I, I lived there for a year, and that's that's where uh, the Jewish people live. That's right. But in Cardiff, I think there's only six Jewish people. <laughs> well, make it nine tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, happy Easter. I love you for doing this today. I love you for everything, and I look forward to talking to you again next week. Thank you so much. All right, have a great trip, Sid. Thanks, Bill. Right. It's my man right there, the great Bill O'Reilly. I love that man. I love him. Bill O'Reilly. We'll come back, talk to Alan Dershowitz, and do more. Fourth and final hour coming up. It's not unusual to have fun with anyone But when I see you hanging about with anyone It's not unusual to see me cry This is Sit in Friends in the Morning Entertaining and informative Oh, you're my best friend 77 WABC
Some more Beatles for you. Fourth and final hour of the morning for me and the final hour of the week for me. I'll be back on Monday, God willing, on my way to London. You know, I go to these. I know this is going to be a shocker for you guys. By the way, we've had an unbelievable show. Trump getting arraigned later on this afternoon. We've had Brian Kilmeade, Arthur Idala, Bo Deedle, Monica Crowley, Bill O'Reilly. Now you know why we're number one. By a mile. By a mile. And we're still going to speak to Alan Dershowitz coming up. But I know it's going to be a shocker for uh, for you guys. But when I go to these other countries, you know, like uh, England or uh, Paris, uh, France, you know, I uh, tend to stand out. You know, uh, especially if I talk. They come to a very quick conclusion that I'm not from there. And it always makes for uncomfortable conversation. And then when I have no patience, you know, and then Danielle yells at me. Like uh, the Parisians, for example, the, and I know Joseph Abud is listening. I love Joseph. But the people in Paris are the biggest pricks you ever met in your whole life. And they hate Americans unless, you know, you're gay and or dressed like Joseph Abud. <laughs> you know, they hate you. So when I go to these countries and uh, they find me entertaining and then it's like a circus clown, you know. But uh, I'm, I'm going to enjoy this trip. because Ava just called me at the break and she's like, Daddy, I'm so happy you're coming tonight. And she never calls this time because she knows, even though she's five hours ahead, I'm on the air. That's how excited she is. So I'm really looking forward to this. But I was thinking about these uh, these rallies today, and I've been very critical of Mayor Eric Adams all morning. And even though I like the mayor, you know, there were t- lately, I, I, you know, I'll t- and I would tell this to his face. I'm going a little sideways on him, and I don't care if he gets mad. I don't care. I don't care who's mad at me. I really don't. When I feel a certain way, my obligation is to share it with the audience, and I always do. I'm honest. I'm sincere. You know how I'm feeling. There are days I love Trump most days. I love Trump. He's still my candidate right now. I'm not even thinking about going against him, but I've been critical of Trump. Adams lately has really been getting on my last nerve. I mean, comparing himself to Joe Biden, who is clearly the worst president in the history of our country, the history. You heard Monica Crowley outline, and O'Reilly, outline what's been going on lately. It is just, it's a disaster. But to come out and single out Trump supporters or Republicans or even Marjorie Taylor Greene, and, and, and is it okay to warn her? Sure, why not? If you would do the same if, it, if Maxine Waters was across the street, and you wouldn't do that in a million years, not a million years. So you're either the mayor for everybody or the mayor for the D, in this case, douchebags, not Democrats. Can't be both. I thought Bill nailed it, and I still like Eric. I think he's a pretty good guy. He's a good person. I think his heart's in the right place. But you know what, folks? He's in too deep. I'm coming to that conclusion. I really am. I hate saying this. And I'll have dinner with him Monday. When I get back, I'd be glad to. And I'll tell it right to his face. He knows that. He's in too deep. He compliments Kathy Hochul. Are you nuts? Kathy Hochul? She's a witch. Joe Biden? These people aren't helping our country, our cities, our states. I can't just sit by and say it's okay. And then single out people who support Donald Trump like we're animals. When the truth is, again, the sake of repetition, 
We're not that far removed, less than three years, the summer of 2020, which was the most violent, disgusting, despicable summer I could remember over a guy like George Floyd, who was a lowlife. Murdered, yes. Yes, he was murdered. And I'm thrilled that cop in Minnesota, Derek Chauvin, will never see the light of day. I'm thrilled about that. George Floyd did not deserve to die. We have to preface it every time we say it. But he was a lowlife. Nine arrests. Put a gun in a pregnant woman's stomach, not worthy of statues, turning this country upside down. I don't remember Democrat leaders, and Adams was the borough president at the time, but I don't remember Democrat leaders telling folks, hey, calm down out there. They had no issue burning down stores and breaking windows and looting, beating up innocent people in the street, burning down police precincts, spitting in cops' faces. Never heard a peep out of these people. But because we're pissed, and for Adams to say misplaced anger, misplaced anger, you better hope to God that Alvin Bragg found something that we don't know about, because if it is what we think it is, that's not misplaced anger. When you arrest a former president because you don't like him, that's not misplaced anger. That's folks that actually care about the Constitution. They care about the Bill of Rights. They care about you and me, because today, as you've heard on this show many times, Mr. Mayor, it's Donald Trump. Tomorrow it could be you. Then what? This is about the rule of law. This is about decency. This is about America. Not what you folks like and don't like. I'm sick of it. So you better bet, you better pray your ass they got something we don't know about. Maybe this old guy at Rikers flipped and lied. Who knows what? Because if this goes the way it looks like it's going right now, that ain't misplaced anger. We all have a right to be pissed. And so should you. So should you. Stop defending the likes of Kathy Hochul and Joe Biden. I asked the mayor flat out on this show last Thursday what he thought about this potential indictment. And he said, and I quote, Alvin Bragg has been working hard. And basically, he wouldn't do this if it wasn't a worthwhile investigation. Bullshit. Oh, sorry. Sorry. That's the first time I've cursed in a long time. That's the first time I've cursed in a long time. On or off the air, right. Yeah. Are you trying to make sure that I didn't sleep through a concert? I'm sorry. That's okay. I'm sorry. Thank you, Lou. It's all fine. We we do have some big things to talk about. Justin has news for you. Oh, yeah. What is breaking news? Oh, oh my God. WABC. Yeah. Uh, so 11.30 this morning, you have to be at uh, the dentist. Why do you sound so upset? This is great news. <laughs> this, is, this is like you're telling me that uh, President Trump, is, th- th- this indictment turns out to be the, the piece of garbage we think it is. Yeah. This is great news. Yeah. So they're, yeah. But yeah. did you explain to them, yes. i got to be home by 1.30 to catch a flight? I said this is an emergency appointment. He, yeah. he had a crown put in. And he thinks that he took a melatonin gummy last night, and then the melatonin gummy got crunchy, and, yeah. and he, he thinks he might have swallowed the crown. But did you explain to them, I got to be in and out? Because I was sitting in the waiting room for 30 minutes uh, the other day. I can't do that. I well, gotta, I'm i getting picked up by Gene. I told him it was. I told him it had to be quick. It had to be urgent. 
You didn't say quick. You did say urgent. You did say emergency. But just admit it. Stop lying. I don't know if I said the word quick. I don't know if I said the word quick. Well, call them back. (laughs) What do you mean call them back? Call them back and let them know I've got a flight i got to catch. Well, you've got a flight you got to catch. I can't be sitting in the waiting room for 30 minutes. Well, they're not going to be waiting outside with a gurney to throw you on it and bring you into into the operating room. I can't sit out in the waiting room for some fat guy with a mullet like on Friday for 30 minutes. It all depends what kind of message you send when you walk in the door. You gotta be like, listen, I'm the, I'm your number one. What do you want me to do? Set myself on fire? Pretty sure. much, yeah. Try that. Yeah, pretty much. Well, we did good, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. That's got, all. That's you got all. Your it took. Damn appointment. All I wanted was a thank <laughs> you. Now you can go back to cursing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm actually mad at myself that I cursed there, uh, but I just. You're a well, I'm just sick of it. I'm, I'm uh, at this point, I'm sick of everybody. Yeah. Except oh. for my family, I love my family, and right. I'm really sick of you, by the way, Justin. But, but I just did you a huge favor. You just got your report. You know, let me tell you something. You know that Gary Delabate gets Stern's dry cleaning done for him? Oh, now we're going to do this? I'm just saying. You're gonna, you're gonna you know he actually called the, uh, like, uh, Chuck E. Cheese to get his kids' birthday parties done there? Yeah. Yeah. I'll get, you, want, you want me to do your dry cleaning? Gets his car washed. Yeah. You know, I really don't ask anything of you once we leave the studios. Mm-hmm. Sure you don't. The really great producer is it's a 24-hour-a-day job. Right. Because I don't sit... Idly by my phone, waiting for you to call me 17 times in the afternoon. Well, you don't, because you're, right. you're taking six-hour naps and missing the first 90 minutes of a Bruce <laughs> Springsteen gotta, don't, concert. Don't do that. Don't do that. That's not fair. That's not Who fair. the hell misses 90 minutes of a Bruce Springsteen concert because they're sleeping in the afternoon? It was not 90 minutes. It was more like... Uh, 83 minutes. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was there for eighty percent of the show. No, now it's eighty yeah. percent. It was fifty percent, then seventy three percent. Now it's eighty percent. Just rational. You missed him. You missed Pink Cadillac, didn't you? I, they, he didn't play Pink Cadillac. <laughs> no, he didn't. Did and he? Even if he did, I don't really like that song. You don't like that song? Yeah, yeah. There are better ones out there. Well, well, for the point that you were there, did you love it? Yeah, I did love it. It was phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. You know? How was the crowd? The crowd was packed. Anybody holding up Trump 2024 signs? Tons, Trump. Tons of people were actually. Yeah. <laughs> no, that wasn't. Uh, Bruce himself actually came out with one. Did he really? Yeah. Bruce hates Donald Trump. Yeah. I mean, he really <laughs> hates him. Well, little Stevie was rocking last night, too. Oh, little Stevie's the best. He also hates Donald Trump. Yeah. Oh, my God. With a, I think one time he compared him to a Nazi. So I don't oh, know. Goodness so. gracious. Yeah, I, I know. Think, I think he dedicated a song to Justin <laughs> last night, too. Which yeah. one was that? He looked. He went, this one goes out to the, the, the stupid yeah. idiot who slept through my No, he said, now, he said, now that yeah. Justin's yeah. here, we can really start to rock. <laughs> That's what he yeah. said. Yeah. We were gonna do Pink Cadillac, but he hates. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he hates that song. <laughs> we're right. do uh, Backstreets. Right. Anybody famous? You know, when I when uh, Doug Kisler bought the tickets from us uh, for the charity, the Spotlight Foundation for Dyspraxia and DCD. Thank you, Dougie. And one Saturday night, he wasn't even there fifteen minutes, and he was texting me. I just saw Bridget Moynihan. I just saw uh, Jeff Garland mm-hmm. from the Goldbergs. Whole bunch of famous people. Did you see anybody famous last night? No, I did not see anybody famous. All right, thank you for the uh, update. Uh, you're welcome. So, should I call? No, I'm not going to call. Forget it. Who, the dentist? No, the, from London. <laughs> call in and tell them how the people in England are reacting in the streets. Why would you want to do that? I don't want to do that. Because so, it would be good radio, that's why. All right, so then do it. No, I don't want to do okay, it. Okay, then don't. I don't want to do good radio unless it's my show. Okay. <laughs> you know, well, I'm so mad at Adams right now, too. I just, But I'm done with that whole Adams speech. That's it, so. But we need to have a sit-down one of these days because yeah. now he's angered me like three times the last three weeks. Right, but you still want to, I think, want to be able to keep that window open in terms of getting him on the program. No, I do, uh, but less and less. Okay. Yeah. Because you know what happens eventually? You come up as a phony. I can't do that. Like, how can I come on the air and constantly criticize the guy 
which I've been doing a lot of lately, a lot of. And then I love when we're going for dinner. Like, eventually, you can do that a couple of times, and people will be like, no, I get it, I get it, I get it. But lately, it's not like I'm saying, wow, he's done this great. He's, if I could even it out and say, oh, this is going great, but. But to be honest, there's not a lot of evening out going on. No. It's mostly, why'd you do that? Yeah. Why'd you do that? Why'd you do that? And eventually, it's, I come up as phony, and I'm not phony. Yeah, well, I think the only place the evening out happens is when he's on with you, and he has a chance to... Yeah, but even then, I mean, again, last week I gave him the opportunity. It was actually Thursday morning. It was opening day for the Yankees. It was the same day. Later on that day, Trump got indicted. And I said to Adams, Thursday morning, I I gave him the, the, the wide open door to say Alvin Bragg is wasting our time. I mean, here's a guy, the mayor, who is held responsible for the crime on the street, still still doesn't go out there and kill Hochul, kill Heasty, kill Stuart Cousins, doesn't do any of that. Fine, he's got other fish to fry, he needs them, okay. But he's responsible for that, and here you got this fat loser DA who's worried about Donald Trump, who spends his day playing golf in Palm Beach, and not about the guy walking on 3rd Avenue right now with 19 priors who's about to rape somebody at 3 o'clock this afternoon. How does Mayor Eric Adams get away with that? Tommy Alvin Bragg is doing a good job, and he's doing his work, and a worthwhile investigation. A worthwhile investigation? Sex with some porn star seven years ago? Who gives a rat's ass how we paid her? Who cares? There are people dying in the streets every day out here. Nobody feels safe in this city. Nobody. Let's be honest. Nobody feels safe. If Donald Trump is walking on the streets, no one's worried he's going to kill him or rape him or mug him. Nobody. I can't say that for the other 10,000 people I'll walk past on the way to the train in about an hour. That's what Alvin Bragg needs to worry about. Not some fat old white president playing golf down in Palm Beach. Who are we kidding here? Back after this. Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC.
Not that you ever need an excuse to play this great song, Pride in the Name of Love, off of the unbelievable, unforgettable Fire U2 album. But for you history buffs out there like O'Reilly, you may not know this, but today is April the 4th. And what happened 55 years ago on this date, April 4th, 1968, the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. And this song is about that. Pride in the Name of Love by U2. So today does commemorate the tragic 55-year assassination of MLK as they try to assassinate President Trump. If I was Trump, I would say that today. They killed King 55 years ago, and now they're trying to kill me. I would say that if I was Trump. He would say something like that. You Everybody know that. Everybody looks at their calendars. They'll see what the date is, April 4. I don't know how many history buffs are out there. <laughs> Who knows? A very big date in history. One of the greatest dates. Not a great time, but a very significant date. Joe Biden wouldn't even know what hour or day it is right now. It is a great one of the, we lost one of the uh, greatest spokespeople, one of the greatest men who've ever lived, Martin Luther King Jr., in a tragic, tragic event, April 4. And uh, look at the significance of today. We're looking <laughs> yeah. 55 years later. They're trying to do the same thing to me, and Perfect. I'm trying to make America big and great again. Donald J. Trump. He uh, will talk to Dershowitz. That was brilliant, Lewis. Brilliant. That's great. Dershowitz come up uh, in a couple of minutes. And then uh, Trump is going to be arraigned now in about five hours. But more importantly, I'll be at the dentist in two now. The dentist just called me, <laughs> Tribeca Dental Group. One of the great dentistries of all <laughs> New York. Well, why do they call me when I'm on the air? So then I got to I put this. Uh, <laughs> I literally said that, too. I was like, he's a radio host. He's on the air like I can't. No. I can't go ask him for his insurance information, like, for instance. They ask for insurance. They have my insurance. I don't know. I'm going there for 20 years. Then okay, then you're a returning patient. Well, they they thought I wasn't. I don't know. I'm, I, they didn't recognize my voice because I've never called them. Some Chinese girl's on the phone talking. She's on she's on the speaker well, phone. I gave, I gave them your show. first and last name. I'm sure they put your name into the system. I and was they there three out. days last well, week. Well, you know, maybe if you provided me that information, then Gabriel went for a tooth cleaning on Tuesday. I went for a tooth cleaning on Wednesday, and then they destroyed the lower half of my mouth on Friday. But let's go back to the place that destroyed the lower half of my mouth to see if they can fix what they destroyed. Well, maybe it's my fault. Maybe I should have had a gummy when, uh, I don't know. No one told me not to do it. Right. And I eat uh, two different sets of gummies. I eat edibles and melatonin. I just love gummies. Oh. Yeah, I like to stick them all over my body. and stop it. I do want to say hello to Tom Morrow. <laughs> Wait till you're on the flight. <laughs> yeah. Tommy's a good guy, big-time PR guy in New York City. Everybody knows him, and he uh, he was laughing about uh, what I said about the Parisians before. So, Tom Morrow, uh, good morning to you. <laughs> the Empire State Building and 77 Both are real New York. Oi. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Seventy-seven WABC. Yeah, we've had all these multiple appearances. Of course, Joseph Takapina is my friend of forty-three years, and I speak to Joe about as much as Trump does, if not more. So that's easy. But Arthur Idala, the last two days has been great. My next guest is the author of Get Trump, 
How ironic is that title right about now? Get Trump. He's been on this show a bunch lately. He's everywhere. He's been on Fox News, Newsmax, but does great work right here with me, Brooklyn-born, my good buddy Alan Dershowitz. Alan, good, uh, I guess, good arraignment Tuesday. How are you, buddy? Yeah, well, uh, it's it's a sad day for America. I mean, I wrote my book, Get Trump. It's not an original title. It comes from the campaign pledge that Bragg and Letitia James made to make sure that they, Democrats, get the Republican candidate for president and get him and make sure that he uh, is diminished in his campaign. It's it's one of the worst days in American history. And I, I had to write that book about it because I care more about America and about law than about politics. I'm not voting for Trump. I'm you know, I'm a Democrat, but I care deeply about the way our criminal justice system has been weaponized against individuals. You know, you can't run for office on a campaign to get somebody and then rummage through the books. You can't find anything. There's no statute. So you make it up. Now, we don't know what the indictment will say today because it may it may have a serious crime like they may actually have a video of him tearing off the tag of a mattress back in 1997. <laughs> yeah. My God, yeah. it says right on the mattress tag, it's a violation of the law. It or maybe they'll have him shooting somebody on Fifth Avenue. Right. But absent that, if it's just you know paper cases, even if he overstated the value of 40 Wall Street and understated the the uh, you know taxes, that's common in the real estate business. You can't just peep people and say, I'm going, I'm getting Trump, I'm getting Trump. That is the core violation of American law. And I respect you for that. Uh, I am a Trump supporter. I am going to vote for Donald Trump. But I respect the fact that even though you won't, that uh, you stand up for what's right. I want to ask you about this other attorney, because, again, you know, Alan, me and Takapina have been friends, best friends for 43 years. So when Trump last night brings in Todd Blanche and I read up on Blanche. I know he did a very good job for Paul Manafort. He's a very solid white-collar uh, attorney. But I found it to be a bit of a slap in the face because Takapina has been, you know, working 23 hours a day, doing 90 shows a day, yeah. representing yeah. Donald Trump. Why would he bring this guy in the last minute? Now, Takapina shrugged it off, said it's no big deal. But I found it to be a little, a little interesting. What did you think? Look, it happens uh, all the time. I was one of the lawyers advising on the Trump on the uh, uh, Bush versus Gore case. And, uh, you know, at the last minute, they brought in uh, a lawyer who screwed the case up terribly in front of the United States Supreme Court, David Boyce. And, um, you know, they do that um, uh, in the O.J. Simpson case. Lawyers were added uh, to the team. It's it's common in high profile okay. cases. And I, I, I wouldn't make too much of it. These lawyers will have to all get together, put their egos in check and do the best they can, not only for Donald Trump, but for America and for the Constitution. They have a they have a mighty burden on their shoulders. Look, Donald Trump wrote to me yesterday as he was getting on his plane. Alan, getting ready to leave uh, for New York. Can't really believe it. Anyway, your words are very important. Save America. Congrats on the book. Doing very well. And I wrote back saying getting your unlawful prosecution dismissed is essential to the survival of our rule of law. It's more important than Donald Trump or any individual. It's important to save our American system of law so prosecutors all over the country don't target people and go after them. Because today it's Trump, Trump, tomorrow it's your Uncle Charlie. Yeah, I like that, that uh, you two guys go back and forth like that. Again, him knowing that you voted for Biden and you would vote for Biden again. I I do like that. Uh, There is uh, one school of thought that uh, folks have uh, thrown at me the last couple of days, Alan, which is, 
that looks like on the surface this is a nonsensical case, political persecution. We just talked about it. But there is a worry that what if this guy that they arrested who worked in the Trump organization, this elderly gentleman who's on Rikers Island, which is ridiculous, what if he flipped? What if they got something like that? Is that possible? It's very possible. They will do everything to flip anybody. Uh, And they threaten families. They threaten prosecution. Um, I I had a case once. I could not believe this. In America, this is a case I used to teach, where they threatened somebody that they would put him in jail unless he testified against the target and that they would encourage people to rape him while in prison. Oh, my God. You know, finally, that case was reversed. But uh, some prosecutors will do anything to flip a witness. And flip witnesses uh, are usually not particularly reliable. Of course, the flip witness in this case, the major flip witness, is Michael is Michael Cohen. Uh, he's flipped all over the place. He lied to his own lawyers. He lied to the federal government, the state government. You know, maybe God has come down to him and tell him, finally, finally, you have to tell the truth. But is the jury going to believe that? Yeah. I, I just don't think no, so. I don't think so either. And you've been adamant, too, uh, about going back to your first appearance on Hannity the day that Trump got indicted about moving the venue, going to Staten Island, someplace like that. Well, Stephanopoulos brought that up with Joe Takapina on Sunday, and Takapita said, and I quote, we've had zero discussions about that, yet, yet, I've heard President Trump ape what you said and said the same thing, we got to move it. So I'm a little confused as to whether or not Takapina said there's been no discussion. Trump and Dershowitz say we have to do that. What do you think is really going on? Oh, they're going to move it. They're going to try to move it. Trump will get his way, and he's 100% right. Remember what happened to me when I defended Trump in front of the Senate, lost all of my friends, business associates, relatives. Uh, I, and, and if that's me, imagine a judge or a juror in New York and Manhattan who votes to free Trump. His life is over. Uh, no judge or juror is going to be able to resist that. Uh, oh, that's the judge who let Trump free. Oh, my God, cross the street, walk away from That's the juror. Don't serve him dinner. I've had people go to my favorite restaurant on, on Martha's Vineyard and say, if you serve Dershowitz dinner, we'll never eat here again. Jeez. Caroline Kennedy comes up to me and says at a dinner party, she was sitting next to me. If I knew you were invited, I never would have accepted the invitation. That's me. I have a thick skin. Judges, no judge who rules in favor of Donald Trump will ever get reelected again, will ever get reappointed, will ever be promoted. Their career is over. Any juror who votes for Trump will probably lose their job. Wow. So cannot have Mm. a jury trial in Manhattan. Mm. It has to be in Staten Island. By the way, the pizza is a heck of a lot better in Staten Island. I think you're right about that. I'm a lawyer. I want to be in Staten Island. But uh, I think the case will be there. It might be in Rockland County, terrible pizza. But uh, (laughs) it has to be in a part of the country where people don't aren't 85 percent against Trump as they are in Manhattan. It's not just that they voted against him. They think he's the devil. They hate him. Yeah, that's true. They, they hate his guts. Yep. I defend Trump, even though I vote against him. I am, I have been told this by relatives and friends. I am complicitous with Adolf Hitler, they tell me, mm. because I helped Trump win an unconstitutional impeachment in front of the Senate. Imagine what the pressures on a judge and juror would be. I talk, I talk all about that and get Trump and how you have to have a fair trial. Nobody's above the law, but nobody's below the law. You can't target people and bring them to trial. They used to do that during the civil rights movement. When I went down south, I was told never spit on the sidewalk, 
never put your cigarette out because they're going to indict you for the felony of destroying government property. And they're going to put you in front of an old white segregationist Jim Crow jury, and they're going to put you away for five years. That's the way it was in the Jim Crow South. And that's the way they want it to be now mm. uh, in, yep. in Bragg's uh, New York City. And that's unacceptable. You're right. By the way, 55 years ago today, MLK was assassinated. That was 55 years ago today. You mentioned the civil rights. Uh, what about this possibility of a gag order? Takapina said uh, probably well, not. There may be some type not. of an order. No? No. If, there, if there's any kind of a gag order, I'm putting together an amicus brief of the best First Amendment lawyers in the country, and we're going to take this case all the way up to the Supreme Court, because that would not only deny Trump his right to speak, it would deny me my First Amendment right to hear him speak. And so I don't think it's going to happen. But if it happens, even the American Civil Liberties Union, which has forgotten about free speech, even the ACLU, would probably get involved in that case. Got it. So when this arraignment starts this afternoon, again, you're, you're an attorney, not just any attorney, one of the best ever, ever born to this earth. Uh, I, and I'm not. So I don't know how this works, but I'm going to guess that right off the bat, there's Joe Tacopina and the, uh, the rest of that team uh, offer a bunch of motions to dismiss this case based upon, I don't know, 30 different items? No. What the first thing is getting bail without conditions. Then you make motions in a certain order. You first make the motions that, if you lose, can be appealed right away, change of venue, uh, statute of limitations, and then you wait to make motions to dismiss later because those are not appealable until after the, uh, the trial is over. Unfortunately, I have to run. It's a busy day, and I have another uh, obligation now, but it's always great to be on with you, Sid. You educate New Yorkers better than anybody, so thanks. Oh, my God. Thank you, Alan. I love you. Thank you. Sure. Good luck today. My God. <laughs> When Alan Dershowitz says stuff like that, I just, I want to cry. I mean, it means that much to me. I don't know why, but it just does. Well, you can if you want. Go ahead. Wow. You educate New Yorkers better than anybody. That's Alan Dershowitz. You understand that? No, I, I didn't. You can repeat it. What I time is my guess. dentist appointment? God, it's killing me, this tooth. 11.30 is uh, Pete Morgan. Could you make it before? I can't make it to 11.30. Should we make, should we make Peerless Boilers a sponsor of that? Yes, uh, I want to thank Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Oh, my God, they're calling. Get in here, quick. Trabental Dental. What do you mean they're calling? They're calling my bone. And now I have to pick it up? You pick it up, Peerless oh, yeah, Boilers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just come in here. And uh, 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 peerlessboilers.com <laughs> and uh, buy a boiler. I got to go. <laughs>
is sit in friends in the morning. Seventy-seven WABC. All right, all right, all right. Another great song, Lewis. Magnificent. The Beatles. Hey, I know him. I got a um, question I want to ask him. And uh, someone else will take credit for this, of course, but it's me. Now, I saved it for the last eight minutes of the show, which I don't think we have as many listeners now as we did, I don't know, 7, 8 a.m., but here's my fear. You ready? I'm ready. So this uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene is going to hold a rally, and the mayor has gone out of his way to warn her and and me and other Trump supporters not to be bad boys, you know. And again, I just want Mayor Adams to do the same thing when lowlifes like Maxine Waters start yelling and screaming, which he won't do. But what is to stop, okay, you get these Trump supporters. Now, look, the guys who dressed up as Vikings and broke their way through the Capitol, I have no sympathy for them. They shouldn't be in jail for four years. That's ridiculous. I mean, you know, maybe a couple of weeks. But I have no sympathy. They made us look bad. They made the country look bad. They made Trump look bad. They were stupid. They're just stupid. They're not great Americans. They're stupid. That's my opinion. Uh, But what is to stop Soros or or just some Democrats from acting as as if they are there to support Donald Trump, going to these rallies this afternoon, and uh, starting fights and, and wreaking havoc and bringing us back to memories of January 6th, when, in fact, they're not Trump supporters. They're the enemy acting as if, and it's going to make Trump and people like me and, well, not you, but people like me look bad. All it takes is a red MAGA hat. I mean, just show right. up. Right, so you get some Put- Democrat to show up with a red MAGA hat, start punching out people, and then here we go again. Oh, Trump, January 6th, because... These people are so stupid they can't discern what's going to stop somebody from doing that. I mean, i got to tell you, if it was me and I was a real staunch Democrat and I hated Donald Trump, I would get a couple of my buddies right now, go buy some red hats, and go there and and, uh, cause hell. I mean, we've seen it with anarchists. They always try to join. Well, these are anarchists. These are Antifa anarchists. Yeah. So what's going to stop them? And then and then we're going to hear about the same garbage. All oh, those those Trump guys out there, and just like January sixth, when in fact they're not Trump guys, they're more like you and Lou. <laughs> You'd be a good criminal. You come up with good ideas. That's you a do. very good. Uh, I know. Line. I'm afraid to tell people how to actually make a bomb. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, but I'm serious. See, you put on a red MAGA hat, you go there, you cause all this trouble, and then we got to live with it the next time. Oh, look, just like January sixth. Look at these low lives. Like my sister in the city of Bath and these other people upstate will be like, you see, you see, look, look. In the meantime, they're going to be Democrats, you know. When it happens, you're going to be safe in England and we're going to be. I don't know. My tooth hurts. I don't care at this point. I just don't care. I know. I don't even care what happens. I really don't care. Well, you got to make sure you have your um, insurance ready when you. What insurance? I've been going to this place for years. Right. They don't know that. They do know that. You just spoke to some girl at the desk. They know it now. They didn't know it originally. I was here three days last week, yeah. Justin. They're going to have people waiting outside when you're getting off 
the train. Like, okay, here he is. He is. Okay, <laughs> yeah. this door, this door, right here. She <laughs> kicked my ass. I'm a, I'm a uh, Trump supporter, and I and I say it with. Uh, I'm not proud about it. It's fine. Who cares? Imagine and the dentist standing over you and finds <laughs> yeah. out. You, you do it. You did what? Right. You what? Yeah. You're, yeah. Pulling oh. more teeth. You're a Trump. <laughs> you stop oh. pulling more teeth, oh. right? Okay. I'll botch it on purpose again. <laughs> no, no, no. We'll have you out of here by 11. No problem. <laughs> you know this son of a bitch dentist? He says to me on body. I go, is this going to hurt? He goes, no. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to teach you guys something right now that you may or may not know from life experience. As soon as somebody tells you it's not going to go a certain way, you can bet your last dollar it's going that way. <laughs> and, of course, it wasn't going to hurt him. But it, And the problem was the tooth was so decayed that he couldn't get it. It was like breaking up in little pieces. That's gross. So oh, he's, like, man. nailing my face and my tooth. And he goes to me one point, I swear, he goes, are you okay? I'm like, <laughs> it's like blood shooting. It's, it was like I, it was like the first twenty minutes of Saving Private Ryan. No. The blood everywhere. No, it could have been that yeah. bad. No. He goes, "Are you okay? Am I okay?" He's like bashing this thing into my face, into my teeth. I, but the best thing is, is when they expect you to answer and your mouth right. is covered. Yeah. Oh, 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 not only oh, that, but he shot me up with so much of the uh, the numbing you stuff. Can't feel yeah, my 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 tongue, my my lip was like eighty pounds. I'm like, how do you feel? Just tell me when you're numb enough, okay, Mr. Yeah. Rosenberg? Yeah, right. And he put in like two more shots because he started to go to work and it was still hurting. He's like, hold on, I'll put in some. And the shot hurts. Yes. They're supposed to do that a certain way, though. They're supposed to go in slow well. as it gets numb. All right, forget it. I don't know. It always hurts, that shot. Yeah. It always the hurts. shot hurts. And that needle is like five feet long. I know. I saw the needle. And I'm not afraid of needles, as you guys know. <laughs> I'm really not. But this thing's getting the daylight out of me. And then, like, the next day where he put the little needle hole, was, like, hurt me worse than the actual tooth. But now everything hurts. Well, so. it's different sticking a giant needle in your mouth than right. it sticking it in your, like, butt cheek. Right. Well, okay, fine. <laughs> they like that needle. I can't, I can't even argue right. anymore. I can't even <laughs> argue. Just, just what are you going to argue? <laughs> Tell me uh, how Sid, this won't hurt. Yeah. And they can't even give you, like, a lollipop on the way out because you can't eat anything. And the guy's like, you know, just for tonight, just I would stay away from spicy food. Anything too hot, anything too cold. Yeah, so I'm like, or, or any food. Yeah, anything basically. Yeah. So could I have coffee in the morning? He's like, yeah, go ahead, go for it. So the next morning, I, I go to I go to Starbucks and and uh, I, I take one sip of coffee and I start screaming like they just set me on fire. <laughs> <sighs> so what does it say uh, when you walk into the dentistry? Welcome to Normandy Beach. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of does. Anyway, I'm done. I I do wish nothing but uh, good for President Trump. Um, look, I don't care what they find out today. This whole thing has been an exercise in hate, and it's unfortunate, and it's sad, and it's a horrible day in, in the history of this country, and I wish President Trump nothing but the best, and my dear friend Joseph Tacopina and the whole crew out there. And, of course, I'm going to miss you guys, Lou Rafino. Really going to miss you. Justin, I'll miss, I guess, some, I don't know. Not a lot. Macedonia, Phil, I don't even care anymore. He basically made sure. Yeah. Norm, I'm going to miss Norm. I'll call Norm. We'll talk about stuff. We will. Yeah. And, of course, I'll miss you guys, the listening audience. And uh, I'm not going to be on Instagram a lot either. I know that I get a 1,000 DMs uh, throughout the show, but I'm taking some time off. Literally, I'm going to hang out with my wife and my son and my daughter and forget about life for about five days. But, God willing, I'll be back on Monday. So enjoy the programming the next three days until I am. So from London, England, and Wales.
from me and the whole crew on Sitting Friends in the morning to all of you until 6 a.m. on Monday. Peace! If you had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.